Twitter is still, of course, functioning, but uh, based on the title of this episode, Twitter is dead is a figure of speech. Engagement is way down. And I noticed this earlier. People have been talking about it for several weeks, and people have been talking about how if you lock your profile on Twitter, you'll get more engagement. That doesn't seem to make sense to me. Something's wrong with the machine. And we had this story as Twitter thread from Dave Rubin last week where he talked about the fractal Rube Goldberg machine that was Twitter and that there were actually secret codes, new codes that were censoring conservatives. They were censoring people like Dave Rubin. So the reason why I say it's dead is because two things happened. Engagement disappeared. Something happened in the algorithm a couple weeks ago where all of a sudden people stopped getting comments replies, they stopped getting retweets, stopped getting quote tweets, they stopped getting likes. And everybody said, yo, what's going on? It feels like Twitter is dying. People aren't engaging anymore. Maybe everybody stays Twitter now. I doubt it. Something changed in the system. Today, everyone started locking their accounts en masse. And there's just, I don't know, I unfollowed maybe like two dozen people. And I didn't unfollow them because I'm mad at them. They locked their accounts. I can see their tweets, but I can't engage. I can't share the tweet. I can't, I can't let other people know, like, hey, this thing is happening. All of the quote tweets I already had from these people, gone. Quote tweets from people I didn't follow before, gone. Locking their accounts. I'm sorry. Whatever is going on, the platform is in a, in, in a dire situation right now. So let me just add, it's a slow news day, did you notice? But uh, we'll, we'll talk about this because we do have the Twitter thread from Dave Rubin we didn't get into on the show last week. And then I'll just show you the general reaction from a lot of people as to what's going on and what it means. If people aren't getting engagement on the platform, they're going to stop using it. So we'll see. I mean, what are people doing to migrate to, uh, to TikTok or something? And we do have a bunch of other stories. I mean, there's creepy stuff about Joe Biden. We can talk about that. But we have some more interesting cultural <laughs> stuff. We got a personality for PragerU, went into YouTube, signed up and, cl- and said they were a young child. And what they were fed was a bunch of weird consent Queer consent videos, like telling nine through 12 year olds about how they can consent. If you know, uh, yeah, no, like, so that's just kind of weird. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we have, uh, we got to talk about this MSNBC thing. This MSNBC host who says that she got a cold in December and then felt pain in her heart. Turned out she had pericarditis. The doctor said it was from a, first said she had reflux. It's been a month and a half. And she says she still has now myocarditis or some kind of heart issue. And it's like, if it was from a cold, can, a, can the common cold cause myocarditis for a month and a half? Like you still have this cold? So this is interesting because MSNBC dedicated a full segment to this and brought in a doctor to talk about it. And it's making people talk about these wild theories about what really happened. So we'll get into that. But before we get started, my friends, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to support our work. Click that join us button if you would like to. Help the machine keep on a churn. If you like this show and you like the work that we do, joining us is the best way to support the work we're doing. And of course, as you know, we are setting up our, our physical location where people can come and hang out. And that's going to be in West Virginia. We had uh, we have the, the, the plans are coming in for the bar we're going to build. We were talking today about Ian's Crystal Cove. It's going to be super late. You can hang out in a little weird crystal mushroom space and watch watch shows. Just like Ian would. <laughs> just like I would. That's yeah. like he, just like he would. And so uh, with your support as members, we're, we're trying to impact cultural spaces. And so uh, we could use your support. Don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and uh, anything else is Malcolm Flex. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to be here, guys. Um, before we get started, first off, can we bow our heads? We need to say a prayer for all of my brothers out there in relationships with Latinas. Why, why is that? <laughs> Trust me. You'll, you'll want to say the prayer. All right. 
Amen. Okay, there we go. <laughs> what, 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 what is that about? What's going on? Right, spicy Latinas are our thing, man. Like I said, again. <laughs> okay. I thought there was like something in the news or something happening. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. So okay, who, well, who are you, man? What are you doing? So uh, my name is Malcolm Flix. I am what you could call a high-capacity assault shit poster. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now I am a shit post analyst. <laughs> but now I'm just, uh, just a normal bro, man. I do fighting. I do uh, football pretty much, uh, you know, politics, science. You name it. Fitness. Yeah, the science stuff. You were talking about, we were talking about pericarditis and myocarditis a moment ago, and you were talking about a bunch of stuff I didn't understand, but we can get into all that with the MSNBC yeah, story. Yeah, you're not a doctor, but you have massive medical experience. You work as a, what is the title of your, your uh, role with the company? Uh, pretty much MSL, so medical science liaison. Yeah, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. You can carry that mic around, take it up and down so you don't have to lean over anytime. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, man, it's cool. We'll talk about it. Thanks for hanging out. We got Hannah Claire Brimlow hanging out. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. I'm Ian Crossland. Happy to be here. What's up, everybody? Um, nothing too much to report. I did take our bucko to a local vet earlier, and things are moving swimmingly. We're going to have his stem cell injections this week, so I'll keep you updated. Post a little picture of bucko yesterday on my Twitter, and I would like to keep rolling from here. If anything comes up, I'll mention it on the show. Right on. And I am at surge.com, unvaxxed, unlocked on Twitter. <laughs> well, all right. Going. What a great slogan. Unvaxxed, so let's, uh, unlocked. Let's jump into this first story, and here's why there's two reasons why we decided we're going we're gonna to open up this show leading with uh, the Twitter being dead story. The first and most important thing is that it's, um, it's a very slow news day. Nothing is li- nothing's going on, and this is the most important thing we've talked about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it is a slow news day. There is some other stuff we can talk about, but I really thought it would be super boring to just be like, another development in the Hunter Biden story, and you know, the feds raided uh, Biden's pen, was it the Penn Biden Center or whatever? And that happened in November, and no one knew it happened until now. So it's like, of course, there's weird, corrupt stuff going on. But I'm just like, let's, let's talk about something more interesting. So I, I go on Twitter, and a bunch of people I follow, you can see this meme. ALX says, opening up Twitter right now, all the locked profiles. Everyone started, not everyone, but a lot of people started locking their profiles. High-profile accounts started locking their profiles so that no one can retweet their content, no one can share their content. Yo, you combine that with the fact that Already, people were reporting for the past couple of weeks a weird algorithm change that resulted in zero engagement, and it feels like Twitter is just totally dead. This feels like, and I'm sure these people will unprivate their account at some point, but it feels like how like Canada's like offering assisted suicide to people. Like, if you want to kill yourself, we'll make it easy for. <laughs> if you want to block out your social media so we don't have to ban you, we'll make it. You know, maybe they can incentivize you to to ban yourself. So like uh, exactly. people are self-selecting and they're like removing themselves this, from the gene pool. So this is the crazy thing, right? I, I retweeted Chris Martinson, uh, Dr. Chris Martinson. We've been on the show. He, he was talking about the MSNBC host I brought up in the intro. She, she gets a common cold, but that results in pericarditis and myocarditis. I, I'm going through my tweets because I, I, I look at my own tweets. It's kind of like bookmarking. So when I retweet something, I know like here's the story I wanted to, I wanted to post. And it says this tweet is uh, unavailable because the account owner protects his, his tweets. And I'm like, oh, but I know Chris Martins. He's been on the show before. Can't see his tweets anymore. He went private. Mm. People are basically banning themselves. Anything I shared from these accounts, gone. Anybody who follows me, can't see him. It's, it's like, come on. Like, these people have, it, it is strange to me that they were convinced the only way to retain engagement was to actually shut their accounts down. It's dead internet theory taken to like a whole new level. But, you know, honestly. Maybe, maybe, no, no joke. What if what was really happening with Twitter 
was that Twitter was falsely boosting the numbers on tweets to make it seem like there was engagement to trick advertisers into spending money. And now that Elon Musk is cleaning up the code, he accidentally removed whatever fake thing was there that generated fake comments or fake likes. I'm not even playing. It was the, uh, I think the CEO of Reddit, uh, Alexis, uh, what's his name? Alexis Ohanian, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually know him. to Serena Williams, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know the guy. He's, he's a very nice guy. And I'm pretty sure him and, uh, what's the other guy's name? Huffman talked about how in the early days of Reddit, they would pretend to be users mm-hmm. so that people would think there was they were talking to people. Because if you go on a social media platform and comment, no one responds, you're like, I'm bored, I leave. Mm-hmm. So they would pretend to be different people and comment and create fake conversations. And now they'll ban you for doing that on Reddit. That's yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, unless you're you know the government or something. I used to do it with Minds. I'd go on there and I'd make a post a Minds thing and then I'd go on with my personal account and be like, this is really cool. Upvote, upvote everyone when I was working yeah. as an admin. All and, the big uh, tech companies If they do found it. out, they'd ban me instantly. What, but, if, yeah. what if that's it? And the reason why when you lock your account, you get engagement is because there's the locked engagement fluffer and there's the uh, uh, unprivate engagement yeah, like fluffer. Public. Gotta call them fluffers, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, just make them big. <laughs> and, uh, and, they, and, they, and they only got rid of the code on one of them. Dude, it just, it, it makes me laugh because it's like so many people who, you know, have lauded other people for basically like following trends and, you know, just like chasing the like, chasing the clout. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're seeing people like, what's what's going on, man? I only got 100 likes. On, and like they wake up and the next day with like cold sweats because they literally are not getting the same engagements. Like it's, it blows my mind just like how Whatever. hard hard hardwired people are yeah. to Twitter, yeah. yeah, like and Instagram, all of it, man. I feel like Elon Musk is just like uh, he's running experiments and collecting data for the aliens. He's like, hmm, I wonder if I deprive them of uh, <laughs> how, how are they going to react? Hmm. And everyone, just, everyone's dopamine just drops by like eighty <laughs> percent, and they're like, ah! like, like, what are we doing, bros? What, like, what are we doing? I thought we had real lives. I thought we touched the most grass out of everybody on Twitter, like. It's, it reminds me of like um, panning for gold, like mm-hmm. uh, there because I think people are trying to find a way to crack the algorithm. Back in the day on YouTube, if you could figure out how to post mm-hmm. on everyone's page at once, then all of a sudden your channel broke through the algorithm. Mm-hmm. And people could yep. get really famous in a relatively short amount of time yeah. on social networks. But a lot of these networks now are like, you know, they're ready for that, so they're trying to stop it from happening. But yeah. people are still like hoping they find some gold in the river sift. Dude, it used it used to be on YouTube that you'd make a video where you're talking about uh, George W. Bush. And you know the war in Iraq, but the thumbnail was just like a big, a big titted woman. About I'm not even kidding, because people would I click remember. on it, and mm-hmm. so you're like, I don't know, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a woman, but if I'm gonna get those clicks, and the mm-hmm. thumbnail would be like a guy going like this, and it would be like war in Iraq, and then there'd be just like a big, large breasted woman next to him, mm-hmm. and then it would get a million hits, and they used to do this thing too, where they would, uh, they would make videos with fake thumbnails and fake titles, and when you clicked it, it would just play like it would show like a, a sentence, and it would play music. And they would get massively thumbs down, but they generated tons of hits. Exactly. YouTube started to clean this up. Like, okay, we can't allow this. But if you look at some of the earliest YouTubers and go look at their, like, big ones and look at their YouTube channels, you will see they just, for some reason, tended to have thumbnails that needed to talk about women in bikinis. Yeah. Lisa Nova, uh, huge in 2006, seven, And mm-hmm. I remember the one, the video that really popped off the thumbnail was just a big butt crack. And all of a sudden, it got millions of clicks. It was, and I don't think it was her butt crack. It was like Kasim's, Kasim G's butt crack. Jesus Shout Christ. out to Kasim. Well, there was a, uh, there's also Casey Neistat's famous video, make it, make it Count. Remember this one? No. It's the one where he said that he was given a budget to produce a commercial for, for Nike. And instead of doing that, he just traveled around the world in, in 10 days because it was more fun. 
something like that. Mm. And then it ended up being an amazing commercial. But the thumbnail for it is two women in bikinis like posing and him taking a picture. So that like people knew exactly what they were doing with how right. they engaged. The crazy right. thing to me is that we've we've created a points system for our lives. We've mm-hmm. video gamified yes. politics in life. Mm-hmm. Like with Twitter, these are political personalities being like, I'm not getting engagement anymore, so I'm going to lock my account to get more engagement. And I'm like, that sounds like someone made a mousetrap and put peanut butter in it. And you were like, I'm going to go in there and get that peanut butter. And then your account gets locked. All your retweets are gone. All your quote tweets are gone. Mm-hmm. It is it, it's it, the, like, yo, somebody at Twitter figured out how to ban the conservatives in one sweep <laughs> by getting them to walk into the trap themselves. Yeah. That's hilarious, bro. But there are tons of people who aren't on Twitter who like, if you explain this, like everyone's locking their account, it's a big deal. They're going to be like, what? I don't understand. Because mm-hmm. like, Twitter feeds itself, right? Like when things start to irritate people on Twitter, it circles around. Like there are parts of Twitter that won't care about anything that's going on. Engagement is sort of universal. Like trying to drive traffic to your profile is like the one unifying front through all of Twitter. And even then, there are tons of people who don't use the platform who who don't care about this. Hey, let's well, just call it what it is, bro. Like we discovered the meta the like the the one meta build on Twitter and the mods got mad and they patched it and now everybody's <laughs> all just like freaking out. So honestly, I'm trying to figure this out. What if all the conservatives just kind of like lock their accounts or everybody's conservative and independent just lock their accounts and the journalists literally can't like write hit pieces anymore? Yes. And they all, that's what I'm thinking that we should all just like. That's actually a good point. Like, I was gonna like, I was gonna say that all of these accounts that locked their tweets locked locked their all these all these people that locked their accounts. All the news articles that's ever quoted those tweets, gone. Mm-hmm. They're now going to show dead space. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, if God. they unlock their account, they don't They don't repopulate, right? I think it will go back. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that'd be interesting, too, if you just like periodically like lock your account for 24 hours so like, if <laughs> yeah. anyone who's used your stuff can't get access to it. I, look, I like Elon. I like Elon Musk. You know, I'm glad that he got Twitter. I'm glad he released Twitter files. I think he could do better, but you know, he's doing what he can. But I got to be honest, if Twitter... I woke up tomorrow and it was gone. I'd 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 be happy. I'd use mine. It's just a piece of tech. It's same as YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like internet video is where it's at. It doesn't matter what network you're on. Internet video is the powerful mm-hmm. tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of these problems, people are see- searching for a way to break an algorithm that they don't understand because the code is private. If the code was public and you could see what the algorithm is doing, you would know whether or not this was going to have any value locking your account. You wouldn't have to do it. Are you mm-hmm. saying we should free the code? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say drink that. free the code, baby. <laughs> there we go, guys. Someone suggested me and you arm wrestle. I don't think it's gonna happen, dude. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't think I could take you with two arms. <laughs> I don't know, man. Two You're legs, two legs, and two arms. Like actually, try. I gotta be honest. I'm pretty around. sure you could just like lift Ian with one arm. Bicep curl, dude. I, I can, yeah, I can bicep. What's curl an average life. one arm bicep curl, dude? Average is probably like forty. But then again, I mean, my wife, she curls like 30 pound dumbbells. So she's kind of skewing extremely high on that. So, yeah, honestly, for me, uh, think about 70 or 80. Like, dude, imagine this. News is so slow. I'm actually getting to come on Thimcast and just talk about my biceps. Pretty interesting. <laughs> think about that. No, there, there, there was some news today, uh, the, the Biden stuff. And I'm just like, <sighs> I don't I don't care, man. Look, we get it. The Bidens are crooked. They're dirty people. And I started thinking about this. Jack, Pos- I did a segment at 4 p.m. Jack Posobiec wrote about his old neighborhood when he was a kid and how it's fallen apart and crime-ridden. And then I'm just like, yeah, that's the result. It, it's, they're actually all symptoms of the same thing, cultural fragmentation. Mm-hmm. I was saying that, you know, you go back, uh, imagine a small town of 3,000 people and you've got, 
a nice God-fearing white family, a nice God-fearing black family, a nice God-fearing Latino family. My point is, they uh, Asian family, they, they agree culturally and ideologically on their worldview. Race doesn't matter. Their views on morality are all the same. So if one guy loses his job and goes on unemployment, nobody's mad about it. They're like, we got your back, buddy. You know, don't worry. We'll see you at church on Sunday. And he's like, I'm going to keep trying. I know you guys are there for me. And then eventually finds a, go- uh, a job. No one is, you know, when, when everybody agrees with each other and wants to be part of the same community, they're not looking to exploit each other. They're not looking to commit crimes against each other. They got each other's back. Social programs work. Crime is low. You don't need police. And then I started thinking about what the, what the Biden family represents. And it's just like, they're, they're both a symptom of and the cause of. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a whirlpool. You get, when, when you have a fractured moral society and people just stop caring, and you get Democrats who are like, I'm voting for this guy simply because I hate you, then the people they end up voting for, like the Bidens, are crime families. And then because you end up with a crime family in government, they end up burning everything to the ground. He's kind of like a, it's not quite an old wash-up politician. He's kind of like an old washed-up politician. Like after 1988, when he was plagiarizing in his presidential run and he had to drop out of the race, he was pretty much laughed at, scorned, and like never taken seriously again. To all of a sudden, Obama puts him as his VP. He runs. He looks like a doddering old man in 19 in 2008. No one took him seriously while he was running against Obama. No. And then all of a sudden, I guess now we find out it was the establishment that it's the DNC. It's like the Democratic Party that selects the running mate. I thought Obama put him in as like, oh, I want an old white guy. I want like a business guy to like represent that business part because I'm the rebel. No, man, you remember they ran it by him and then Biden was and then Biden had that infamous little script where he was like, you know, we had the first clean, well-spoken black guy. And, you know, it's like a fairy, you know, they literally had the place set up. And so it's just. It's it's kind of funny because you know Tim, you were saying it's just like all of all the people hate each other and they vote candidates in just to spite other people. Well, then that means Biden is literally just like an embodiment of the hatred and contempt that Americans have for each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see that yeah. in how they govern. They have hatred and contempt for us. You know, and the way they conduct themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I have never found a reason to write about it, but like Hunter Biden has this illegitimate child who he won't acknowledge, even though he put her mom on the payroll for a while. (laughs) And like now her mom, who I believe was a stripper, I'm not sure, um, is like trying to get her daughter to have the Biden last name so that she is, you know, acknowledged, is connected because it's beneficial to be to be known in America as a Biden. And to me, like this is someone who doesn't acknowledge this child like, it sounds horrible to, to saddle your child with the name of a man who doesn't want to acknowledge her, who had another child after who they bring out for photos. Like, it's... it's and he's resisting. He's, he's trying to stop the he, name. He has asked the judge to, to, uh, to not let this happen. Meanwhile, Grandma Jill Biden, like, brings his toddler son that he had in wedlock with this South African film director. Like, they present themselves to this family and they love the young women and they're so supportive. And then really, on the other hand, like, they don't... They don't practice anything they preach. And we see this time and time again, right? Like, no one is perfect, but it's different to say, oh, this is the package we're selling you, America, mm-hmm. and please ignore the other stuff, right? It's, like, it's it's just corrupt morally. It's like someone took, like, all the negative things of, like, it's like somebody that does, does not understand American culture except for the bad things basically took and distilled all of the worst aspects. Drugs, fatherless children, money laundering, cor- corruption, and just like literally just embodied them in the Biden family at mm-hmm. that point. <laughs> yeah. And that's like literally what we have. 
So, but Vogue did a cover of Naomi Biden's wedding, so we should just be, accept that they are like the beautiful new Americana <laughs> family. Like, it it makes me sad, right? Like these, like Tiffany, Trump, and I'm, I'm gonna make this point because I've been thinking about it for weeks and have not had a chance to do to make it, but. Tiffany Trump got married the weekend before Naomi Biden, right? Very similar styles, very lavish wedding, both like from powerful families, but like Naomi Biden's is good and it's representational, even though her family actually has all this scandal and all this weird connection and they treat each other, each other strangely. And the Trump family, for, by all accounts, like is unusual, right? A man who's been divorced three times, has all of these kids, like not super typical, but by all accounts, all of the siblings get along really well, but they're the bad family. They're representational of negative family politics. Like it doesn't really make sense. This is this is why I did the segment I did at 4 p.m. on my on my main channel. Normally, you know, because normally what I do every day is I grab like the big story and I'm like, here's the thing that happened. Here's what it means. Here's what's going on. Here's some other stuff about it. And like the other day I was talking about, oh, Biden scandal, the emails, apparently, Hunter Biden emails from his laptop suggest he had access to classified information. And it seems like in emails, they were directly getting information straight from the White House. So that's a big scandal. Today, there was more information on it that uh, they had raided the Penn Biden Center or whatever. And so there was like the F FBI were doing raids on the Bidens for a while now before the midterms and they weren't telling us. And then I was just like thinking about uh, Chuck Todd. Jim Jordan goes on, uh, goes on Meet the Press and he says... You know, Chuck Todd's like, but Trump had classified documents. And he's like, Trump is the president. And they were guarded by the Secret Service. And they were locked up. And Biden had him sitting in his garage. And then just for tribal reasons, Chuck Todd says, no, no, like, you can't see it. You know, it's a it's a conspiracy. And it's just like, we we get it. Those of us of sound mind. Chuck Todd is just saying whatever he has to, because there is a cult of people who don't care what's true. They care that they are right. So you can come out and make your argument and they don't care, literally don't care. And I'm just thinking about all this and I'm like, then I saw Jack Posobiec's article about how his neighborhood fell apart. And I'm like, yeah, it's because we have no cultural cohesion. We have no uh, shared moral framework. And so we end up with leaders who are basically on the Titanic, watching the iceberg coming. Right before it hits, they run, grab a whole bunch of silverware and jump in a lifeboat and just cast off and Instead of actually steering the ship, saving people, or being like a real captain and saying, you know, last person off the ship or you go down with it, they're off the ship first and then even tell you what happened. No, no worse. They're telling you everything's fine. Don't worry, guys. Go go back to the mini bar. Get some more drinks. Go go gamble. Just get off the deck. Mostly the peaceful starts, iceberg. The ship starts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The ship starts sinking. It starts going up and people are sliding. Don't worry. This is the slide function. It's fun. <laughs> Glasses are flying up. People are hanging from the side and like everything's still fine. The ground is flat. I know. Don't question Meanwhile, it. Meanwhile, there, there's a second ship that pulled up. Uh, funded by the Chinese Communist Party, and they're they're rowing over, being like, "Don't worry about it, Hunter, get the boat." <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing. I, I think that's. I think a lot of the business dealings Hunter Biden is doing is basically like these people are running this country into the ground in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. From mm -hmm. from neighborhoods falling apart to the tribalistic nature of humans, uh, or, of, of of society right now. I'm wondering if their attitude is just like, look, one man's not going to fix this. Yeah. Grab what you can, every man for himself. I've been thinking about, oh, what were you going to say? 
No, I was about to say, it's like a multi-layered hedge, basically. You know, you already know it's going to burn down. So why not extract all the wealth that you can? That way, when it burns down, you're, you know, sitting kind of pretty, looking like royalty. Then you can come back and the ashes are there. And then you can suddenly say, hey, guys, we have money. We can fix this. And then you basically take all the credit, rebuild it. Everybody's ground down and depressed. It's kind of like, you know, Russia post-Soviet collapse, really, where, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's why all the drinking ruski, you know, sort of... uh you know, those stereotypes come from because when the Soviet collapsed, they basically gave the Russian people all these waivers and, you know, things like this when these people couldn't even feed themselves. And so then basically you had the oligarchs and the American banks basically come over and buy up all almost all the industry and, you know, turn Russians into basically slave slave workers. And then next thing you know. Well, it's bad. But now the oligarchs run everything and they've already got yeah. all the money. <clears throat> yeah, I got, I got an idea. If it's all going to come crashing down, go buy some chickens. <laughs> buck, 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 man. Because uh, the, the people who are able to sustain themselves more than others are going to be better off if this is the trend that continues. Mm-hmm. I do think there's an alternative. And that's why I said we need to make America great again. And I don't know if I'm saying it in the exact same way that all the Trump supporters are saying it, but I, but I, but I imagine probably when Jack Posobiec brings up Pizza Hut when he was a kid and there's a salad bar. And if you read a book in school, they gave you a free donut and you got a free, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a bunch. Of, all I remember the was the pizza. pieces, man. That's all I remember. Because I remember I get there was a pizza hut next to a Dunkin' Donuts, so I'd get the free pizza, and then when we were leaving, I'd go get a free donut. There was other stuff on it. Like, it, it, I it was I like drug addiction. Like They give you the cheese and the f- high fructose corn syrup and the sauce with your <laughs> sugar and your <laughs> the donut. good old days. Hey, 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 but Ian, you didn't no, know that we were no, a war? No, no, no. No. Bro, I doubt back then they had all that stuff. It was like after 92 was, was when the high fructose started coming in. But, I, I, but we yeah. were living in a haze of ignorance at that time. You know what, though? Maybe. The decline of literacy levels, because I know you guys see in the schools how like kids can't even read anymore. It started when they took away the personal pan pieces. That's when it happened. That's because we don't read now. Now you see how they're tweeting. Oh my god, it gives me a headache, bro. Just, just, like, just all the. It's all like court stenographer shorthand. And you know? yeah, and I grew and honestly, I grew up with it. Like you know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm black, and what? so you know, obviously, oh. we have our own kind of like you know our own dialect and our own vernacular and stuff. I assumed you were a white supremacist, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> Did you see those five guys though? Jesus Christ, you're not safe black people anymore, man. These white people out here crazy. But no, bro, like white, white supremacists, man. Yeah, man. Dave Spell called it. Uh, dude, what, yeah. what, what were you saying? We we derailed. <laughs> no, no, no. So you're black. Please continue. I know, I know, I know. I, I hierarchy, guys, hierarchy. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's just sort of funny, you know, when you sort of think about it. You know, I grew up in where like we used our own vernacular and our own dialect when we talked, and it was mainly just because you know it was shorthand. Certain words we just didn't know how to pronounce. Now now you see people out here purposely typing. Like purposely misspelling uh-huh. and like the errors and just uh, the misuse of there and it, it gives me palpitations. Oh, it's bro. hard for me, man. Like, where are all the semicolons? You know, they exist for a reason. It's two different <laughs> subjects in one sentence. There's no comma. Use the semicolon to delineate the two subjects. And I'm going to write you a note and I'm going to leave it in your room. It's going to have no semicolons and improper I'm, punctuation. I'm going to puke on myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to I tag on what you are saying about the oligarchs earlier because this has been crossing my mind last night. I'm like, okay, this Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's not Putin. I mean, Putin's one of them. It's the, the Russian oligarchs that are in charge. It's, it's basically a hyper-capitalist state of oligarchs are running that thing. And it's no wonder they want to conquer a trade port in Sevastopol. They want that trade because it's what hyper-capitalists would do in civilization if you were playing against them and they had a government run by a bunch of uber people just like capitalists. So 
But I'm wondering, for the capitalists of the United States, the oligarchs of the United States, if they want to control the world, they would want to ally with the capitalists of Russia against, I would think. Either nah, they, they're not- too stupid and they think that really they can beat them um, in a sort of attrition, or th- it's uh, it, they're intentionally taking us to war to kill off the common man so that, like you said earlier, they could come back and rebuild with yeah. all their finances. That's where you're wrong, kiddo, because these aren't regular capitalists. These are crony capitalists. Right. Crony capitalists don't care about free market competition. They just want to fix the game for them to win. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's funny you bring that up because actually, you know, Russia now, the oligarch problem isn't near as bad as it used to be. Like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but when the IMF came in and they tried to do what was called shock therapy, where you convert a formerly communist nation to a capitalist nation, the oligarchs botched the whole thing on purpose because they wanted to buy all the infrastructure up for cheap. Putin, when he came to power, actually drove most of those oligarchs out of Russia. And guess where they went? Ukraine. Ukraine and to the U.S. So a lot of this anti-Putin sentiment that we see, you know, Putin's, Let's, let's call him for what he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's a good guy, but, you know, compared to some of the other Russian leaders, the people of the Russian Federation, he's actually a moderate. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that. Uh, and, you know, you can't take my word for the gospel, but a lot of Russians are you know pretty frustrated that he pity padded, you know, with the war that he had this kind of kid's glove approach with Ukraine to begin with. And then, you know, when they uh, brought in Sirovikin or General Armageddon. Basically, now they're going full scale anyways, and they're just like, why didn't you do that, you know, before? And it's, you know, it's kind of crazy how we have all this anti, you know, Russian rhetoric going anyways. But it's just old oligarchs of the past and, you know, angry, rich boomers with a, uh, you know, war grudge against Russia just want to finish picking the bones clean because, you know, they have all that gas, you know. All that Cold War brainwash. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, coming to roost. So it's crazy. I'm looking at some of the oligarchs. on. I just went to Wikipedia, Russian oligarchs. We have Arkady Rautenberg, Gennady Timchenko, Alisher Uzmanov. Are these names ringing a bell? Peter Avon, Mikhail Prokhorov, Oleg Deripaska. There's nine of them. Vagat Alek. Alekparov, Vladimir Potanin, and Roman Abramovich. He's probably the most famous name-wise, mm-hmm. Roman Abramovich, I've heard of him before. What's crazy is the uh, cost of property in Ukraine because there's no way the average Ukrainian can own property mm-hmm. unless you're a, a coder. So, I, you know, I know people, I mentioned it, I have friends who are Ukrainian, and they'll say that like the average salary is like 400 bucks a month or something like that. And if you want to buy property, the prices are comparable to a property in the United States. It's like $300,000 to buy a studio apartment in the city or something like that. And if you're making 400 bucks a month, you will never buy that. But if you're a developer or a coder, you're making 150 k per year U.S. while living in Ukraine. You're living like a king. You're over there. So what ends up happening is, the way they described it to me, the property is all owned by oligarchs and everyone else has to rent from them. And they, you can buy it, it's for sale, but only the wealthiest people and foreigners come and actually buy up the property. Ukrainians struggle with it. So they own nothing, but do they like it? You know, it's a pretty chill place. They got cabbage and uh, you can get cabbage and beef and stuff like that. I, 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 when I was in Kiev, I was at the Maidan Square. It, 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 it was awesome. It was a blast. It was, it was, it's a cool place. So it really sucks what's been, what's been going on, to be completely honest. Going to little food buffets. They had, I remember when I was there, we were, they had like a music, they had a TV playing with music music on it. And then uh, Paris Hilton came on, music video. 
And then I was like, you guys get Paris Hilton here? My friend was like, of course, we get all the American celebrities. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Paris Hilton music doesn't exist in the United States. Like, we don't listen to it. And you guys do. And that's kind of funny to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this invasion and where there's a lot of, like, kickback now from my friends that I guess you consider more liberal. They're like, Ukraine is Ukraine. We're not, we don't want Ukraine to give up anything. Russians should not be invading. Get out. We will we'll send American troops to die to keep up. And I'm like, where was your voice when the United States invaded Iraq? We're still invading Iraq. The invasion doesn't stop the day after it starts. If we're still at presence there, we've, we're invading in the moment. Where's your, why aren't you speaking out against what you can actually control? A lot of them are too young. A lot of them are too young and just, if I can be crass, too stupid to even understand that. You know, people don't see the whole bigger picture. Honestly, you know, Ian mentioned we were living in ignorance, and someone super chatted saying, uh, "This is a Christopher Marr saying Ian living in a haze of ignorance is called living the dream." But I think what ends up happening is you get a generation that raises their kids in ignorance. Then when they pass on the world to those kids, this is what you get. You get the Bidens. You get people being like Vosh when he came on the show, and I'm like, "What isn't isn't the, the corruption of the Biden family from when he was VP like a concern to you?" And he's like, "Oh, I, was, I don't know anything about it. I was a little kid. I was in high school when that happened. I didn't pay attention." And I'm like, "Oh, so like the bad guy runs for office ten years later, and you're just like, I just heard of this guy, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, uh huh." There's a lot of bad guys. You got to look into who they are. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, I I can't say the RNC isn't guilty of this, but definitely the DNC, like, that's why they like young voters because it's like a a blank slate. Yeah, the DNC. Yeah, I would say the DNC, like, that's why they often push these get-outs. I think the RNC, too, I think all political parties operate this way. But I think anytime you get this new class of 18-year-olds who have the right to vote, they don't remember 30 years of political history. Mm -hmm. And especially, it's... Even ones who are super politically engaged, they just haven't had enough time to learn everything and all the nuances and why this senator doesn't get along with that one and this deal. You know, you can only know so much when you're young, but getting them, getting anyone to support your ideology, especially when you buy in with like sort of the name brand. I think of I think of a lot of modern politics like rooting for sports teams, you know, like you don't know why your family supports this yep. team, you just do. <laughs> uh, I, I think that is something that, some political parties take in stride. You know, they don't have to explain the sins of people they're now electing to president. Things that they did when they were senators mean nothing to people who are new voters. Let's jump into this next story. And it's uh, it's kind of changing the subject, but it goes it goes in line with what we were talking about. We have this from TimCast.com. PragerU personality details YouTube kids promoting LGBTQ content. These videos are not child friendly and YouTube is pushing them to indoctrinate kids. And it's worse than that. This is Aldo uh, Budazoni. YouTube Kids is grooming children with LGBTQ propaganda. Although I think you actually need to, you, you buried the lead here. And I mean this with all due respect. The real concern is that at a certain point, he, so what Aldo says is he signed up an account made for nine to 12 year olds. And then one of the first videos that pops up recommends a kid meets gender nonconforming person. I, I'm not as concerned with just that. The issue is when it gets into the ideas of consent. And they're telling children about consent and they start talking about, here we go. Consent is giving permission to someone or something. Why are they giving nine and 12 year olds consent lessons in a sexual context? This is what's alarming about what YouTube Kids is doing. So you think it's just in the schools and Ron DeSantis has his plan to get rid of diversity, equity and inclusion. But everybody 
in this is is five steps behind what's actually been going on. And going back to Elsagate, people have been giving their kids YouTube. Their kids are then they're like, YouTube kids, it's good for you. And then you get some adult in a sexualized context like drag saying, let's talk about what it means to consent. And then in this thread, I think it's in this thread, you have Billboard Chris, we've had on the show, a guy telling him that their goal is to decouple age and consent, quite literally saying he wants 12-year-olds to be able to consent with adults. This is what they're pushing on kids. I'm not surprised by it, but it's got to be insidious. It can't be overt. They can't come out right now and just say it. It's got to be a slow, creeping, malevolent force that goes under the radar. So when mom and dad are busy with work and they hand the iPad to the kid and sign up for YouTube Kids because YouTube Kids is safe, what does YouTube Kids say? Come here, little boy. Come into a sexualized context where we can tell you about consent. That's exactly what they're doing. The internet and like television is like inviting a stranger into your home to babysit your children. Like if you wouldn't pick some random person off the street, you cannot trust anything that comes from the internet, cable TV. Like it it is written by someone you don't know for a company that you don't know what their values are. Like even if you pick one video, the YouTube algorithm immediately serves up another video. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way for you to know for sure what's gonna happen. And that's why, again, I can't help but think it's like inviting just a random person you met at the grocery store to come watch your kids for two hours. And I get it, like it's hard to be a parent. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Sometimes you need a break. You need to like have a way to engage your children that you don't need to be there present for. But like what if, TV is not it, sir. What if I told you that the YouTube Kids app was promoting child strippers to your nine to 12 year olds? Well, that's in the thread. Meet Desmond is amazing. Now, of course, his family is quite litigious, but there's a video of him dancing on stage for money at an adult gay bar. That is the same thing as go-go dancing. Why is a child doing this and why are they promoting this to other children? Well, I'm... Degradation of society? To take... Well, that's for that's for sure. Is that people are over, overly sexualized children will become overly sexualized adults and think it's normal or okay yeah. out of their own guilt. Like, hey, it's not so bad what happened to me. So you know, Which this is like, isn't so bad. Terrifying and sad. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Cycle but, of abuse. But it's crazy because it also plays into what we've been talking about about the erosion of community. Again, when people are so into sex, when they're so into themselves and their own genders, like they're not paying attention to what's going on. They don't know about the local school board or city elections. They don't know about any of this stuff. All they know is just, you know, it's about my sexual identity, my proclivities, you know, indulging myself. Nothing else matters outside of just treating yourself in it. And it just it takes your eyes down, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, you know, everything in life can be likened to sports. So basically what t- typically happens in football, you know, normally quarterback, he gets the ball. He's looking up at the field. He's trying to find a receiver to throw the ball to. So he's got to be aware. But then when pass rush comes, you know, they start throwing stuff in your face. He takes his eyes down. He can't throw the ball. He can't pay attention. You've suddenly stopped the game from progressing he can no longer progress the ball and that's what's happening with society we've taken our eyes off of the prize which is advancing humanity technology everything else you know creating families and now we put it down on our genitals quite literally looking up at the stars i'm thinking about sending probes to alpha centauri it'll take like 80 years for a probe to get there could you imagine if we do that today in 80 years we will have probes in alpha centauri you sending sure? us data 80 years yeah that's what i read anyway a couple weeks ago that sounds like really fast yeah, yeah. it sounds super fast like within a lifetime I, I can go and double check it, but this was like, this is the stuff we should be focusing on. Right. Aliens our are, are watching and they're just going like, 
You know, they had a lot going for them when they went to that moon. And now I don't know what they're it's doing. It's like when you're we calling a cat. they might like, be a threat, here. but not so much Come anymore. <laughs> Some rich alien oligarch just lost all of his bet on like yeah. this interdimensional uh, betting yeah. app. And he's yeah. like, God dang it, humanity, you screwed the pooch. But it like, reminds me of the expression like uh, you can't see beyond the nose on your face, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can't stop but think about like your own identity and your own sexual pleasure. And we're introducing that earlier and earlier. Like how can you expect anyone to spend time thinking about like the society around them or moral philosophy mm-hmm. or science or anything else. Like everything is about the internal. And I think it's good to be in touch with your emotions, but you can't be so dominated by your like personal mm-hmm. consuming thoughts that you are uh, devoid, uh, divor- divorced from the world around you. But wait, there's more because we got to put a neat little bow on this. This ties into big pharma because now when you get all these kids exploring all of these alternative sexualities, now you got the cisgender to trans pipeline. Mm-hmm. So they can now suddenly, if they want to explore, let's get some puberty blockers. Let's get some gender affirming care. Yeah. The next thing you know, again, that's where social media comes in. You know, we're right here at the whole dead internet theory. They start getting engagement from other people in that community. They start flooding them and love bombing them. And so now they get addicted to that. The next thing you know, they take it further. Boom. Now you're done fully trans the kid from YouTube kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's omitting a lot of steps, but it's well, basically how it happens. Well, let's talk about dead Internet theory, right? If uh, if people aren't on the Internet, it's all bots. Then where are the people? Are they just not, not using the Internet? Never did? Man, they're touching grass, touching all kinds of grass. I think there are tons of people who are not as engaged. Like we talk about this a little bit, but like for your job and for all of us, like being connected to the internet, being on Twitter, stuff like that, like it is part of a professional hazard. Like you need to have the information. But if you are like an electrician who gets up really early and works on jobs and comes back and you hang out with your family, like you don't really have the time to just scroll on your phone endlessly and keep up with who's mad at who on Twitter. I mean, I think that there's just uh, a life outside. The other part is like some people actively choose not to be online, right? They choose not to have televisions in their home. They choose not to uh, sign their kids up for, you know, Instagram or whatever else. Like they, you can be disengaged. And you've talked about this a little bit, Ian, like there are alternative platforms, right? Like I know some parents who want to share kids of fo- photos of their kids, but out of privacy concerns, they use, they don't use Facebook. They use something more private. Like there are people who don't rely on the rest of the world for entertainment and for us professional content. Uh, and I think that's healthier. It's just hard because how, I mean, all mm-hmm. of us need it. Like this is our job. Yeah, yeah, I think about what if the power went out? That crosses my mind at least every week. I'm like, what would my life become if we had no electricity? I mean, part of me is just like secretly in the back of my mind saying like, please do just, it. Do it. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Because <laughs> I got a van that can generate its own power and I'll be down by that river just fishing. Yeah. yeah. No, I, sure I think of like. back and just kicking the feet, some straw in the mouth and just cast a line and forget about all the bulls. Well, yeah, I think of like all the reporters who like had to go sit in really boring town hall meetings to like get the information. And then they had to call people on the phone and talk to them constantly. Like journalists still do that from time to time. But like we are used to getting things much faster because now, we have the Internet. Now they, they just read tweets and report on tweets like literally MSN journalists. I don't know what they do. All they do is literally just write articles based on what. Oh, the, this world reacts to this. This world reacts to that. And they just oh, bro. link tweets. Do you, do you know how many times some news outlets picked up one of my fake tweets and ran it as fact? <laughs> no, for real. Like, I, there's just, uh, how about when I said the queen should be impeached? So I can't, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I said impeach Queen Elizabeth. And then meawww.com wrote an article saying, you know, 
podcaster Tim Pool calls for you know Queen Elizabeth to be impeached, and I was just like, holy crap! I, I, when that started, it was, was hilarious. The indication mm-hmm. of the rupturing of that form of media is when they just started quoting Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it was like 2013 or Ima- something. Imagine this: journalists like from the New York Times walking into the middle of you know the Lower East Side, and there's a guy outside just like rocking back and forth, like, oh, impeach Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> impeach, uh, sir. What was your name? What was your name? Uh, Bill Smith. W- let's run it. And then goes back to the New York Times and says, front page, Bill Smith calls for impeachment of Queen Elizabeth. That's what they do. And then they're like, hey, look, he's a nobody, but people are going to see the story and they're going to be like, wow, impeach. I wonder who this guy is. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Bill Smith, I hate that guy. God darn it. Rabble, 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 rabble. Oh, God, it's so funny, though, because, yeah, you, you sort of think about this and then this goes into AI. Like, AI is literally getting all the data off of all the crazy stuff that gets all the clicks and then it just incentivizes people to write even crazier articles which Dude. causes people to tweet crazier stuff well, bro and then people get in trouble for like interacting with tweets too like we beyond mm-hmm. we've moved beyond just like people writing stuff like it's like oh ian crossman crossman like the impeach queen elizabeth tweet oh, so man. he is supportive of this movement like it's like you know what i mean it just becomes this sort of hysterical culture off of something you wrote as a joke or maybe you feel that way maybe you, you can't like to impeach, impeach the queen i know it's ridiculous it's, it, it, there have been several times where i've tweeted something that is intended to to make neither point so it's like uh, meant to highlight just the circumstance like i called the msnbc yasmin vesuvian story about how she got the cold and got myocarditis and i said i called it anti-vax propaganda because what, she had a cold for three months? Clearly, they were making a segment that was going to trigger anti-vaxxers and make them think this was... Anti- like, I'm not intending to make any point other than this is the narrative. This is like just highlighting this thing, basically. Stating but they is. will take it and be like, Tim Pool is dead serious and thinks MSNBC does these things. And I'm like... And part of their story is also, look how many people are listening to person to this guy. Look how many people are listening to that. They don't point it out. They're not like, it got 80,000 retweets, but they don't really report on stuff until it gets to a certain level of people listening. And then they're like, oh, we have to take it seriously. But we don't really know how. Accelerate. Writing a story about it. At this point... At this point, guys, we just accelerate it as fast as we can, man. Just hot takes. They write hot stuff. People go mad. People go insane. And the loop and cycle let just me, continues. Let me pull up this tweet. This is an awesome tweet. This is from Clay Travis. He says, lots of athletes are finally catching on that left-wing sports media ask them political questions so the left-wing sports media members can write their own left-wing political opinions. Here's Azarenka calling that out. I don't know if we can play. Like, if, if it's, it's, a, it's a longer video. What do you guys want us to do? Here we go. Listen about it like talk about it I, I i don't i don't know what's what's the goal here that um it's continuously brought up and uh these incidents that in my opinion have nothing to do with players but somehow you keep dragging players into it so what's the goal here every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I think you should ask yourself that question, not me. Does it frustrate you that um, 
you know, particularly last night, for example, there was a clear sort of pro-Russian demonstration happening within the grounds of the tournament, that these people are coming and using the Australian Open as a platform for this, these kind of demonstrations. Does that frustrate you? I, whatever the answer I'm going to give it to you right now, it's going to be turned whichever way you want to turn it to. So does it bother me? What bothers me is um, there's real things that's going on in the world. And I don't know, are you a politician? Are you? Are you covering politics? Yes, and I'm a sports, and I'm an athlete. And you're Just a pause real quick. I'm a sports journalist. He goes, yes, I'm an athlete. Asking me about things that maybe somebody says are in my control, but I don't believe that. So I don't know what you want me to answer. So anyway, here, here's, here's what I love about this. For one, obviously, these athletes are like, okay, at this point, what are you asking me about? We had that with... Um, what was the name? Ivan Provorov, the, the, the Hockey Flyers, flyers, yeah. flyers, who was just like, look, I'll answer any question about sports. And then someone asked him about like gay rights. And he's like, what did I just say? <laughs> so th- here's the thing. Dead Internet theory. We're talking about Twitter being dead. Engagement is way down for whatever reason. And I don't mean dead as in the platform's broken. I just mean like no one seems to be using it. Now we've got dead Internet theory, the idea that since like 2016, no one's really used the Internet. And now you have stories like this. What you what you see from this Sports journalists have literally nothing to write about. So they go to, uh, you know, what, what would you say, Malcolm, your, your principal career is? Like, what's your, what's your, what's your main career? Clinical like, research. Clinical research. So um, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, when, when cooking eggs in the morning, do you agree with Chef Andrew Gruel on adding vinegar afterwards and mixing it in? Um, are there peer-reviewed studies See, on this? I, I don't know what this question has to do with anything other than I can then go out and be like, you know, clinical researcher says no vinegar on eggs, and it makes it sound like there is a scientific basis. It makes a fake story, and then they can go, I got a scoop. A guy said a thing. That's what the media is today for the most part. Man, that is, that's scary. That Depressing? Is, people, because people still take it seriously. That's the problem is that, you know, you were just uh, saying you know, are people online like that? Do people see this happening? And, you know, in real life, people still take journalists seriously. That's what uh, really freaks me out because, you know, they're getting their information from these people who are basically like scraping the bottom of the barrel and sitting up, anybody got scoop? Who's got the scoop? Who's got the... And they literally write nonsense to which people export to the real world. Yeah. And this is what I always said was that, you know, back in the day, they always said Twitter's not real life. I'm like... Yeah, it's not real life, but it's got real life implications. Like people literally use Twitter to source what they're going to take out to the other people and talk about around a water cooler or, you know, to yeah. write articles about. Well, and like for this incident, like first off, that athlete's Belarusian. I just looked it up. So are they trying to trap her into being representative? Yep. Yeah. Of, yeah, yeah and then also for this journalist, like I'm so glad she's like, are you a politician? She's like, I'm a sports journalist. Like, is this sports journalist like here's my chance to get launched into the right. political yep. on the political mm-hmm. beat so I get more money or I can raise my profile because I had this good moment like 
it's just such a weird way to operate. And especially since I know there are people who would love to cover sports journalism at this mm -hmm. level to go to the Australian Open and interview these people because they love the sport, not because they are trying to make some political point to further their career. Like if you're gonna further your career on sports journalism, ask her about preparing for this match. Ask her about something relevant. Don't make her a poster child so you can sort of transition into the political beat for your publication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like the, the whole like writing down what the guy said is kind of like 1994 journalism style. Like you can just watch the video of what she said. I don't need to hear someone write a story about what she said when I can listen to her say it. Or I don't need to hear someone write down, she hit the, she hit the ball three feet farther than the other girl who hit the ball. I'm like, I can watch the show. I don't yeah. need that anymore. I have internet video. I can watch it 24-7. It's on demand. This, I, I, I got to be honest, man. It is, it is, people often ask, how do you do this job? watching all the stuff, reading all the stuff every day. And I'm like, you know, it does get really hard sometimes. I was, uh, I mentioned that we were hanging out at the casino because we, we like to go there. And I started playing Hold'em last week. So I played it like five times now. It's fun. I love that game. Got to learn how to play it though. And uh, that's, that's funny. Anyway, the, the dealer was like, I hate politics. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. It's too, it's too awful. And I'm like, I totally get that. Because what's, what, what this country is devolving into is our politicians are corrupt. Everybody knows it. Congress is corrupt. Everybody knows it. Have you guys ever heard that song? Everybody knows. You know who, who's the guy who sang that song? Yeah, everybody hurts is REM. No, no, I don't know. No, everybody everybody knows. knows. REM. No. The, the people in the chat are gonna know what, what I'm talking about. Mm. And it's at that line like everybody knows the fight is fixed. The poor stay Leonard poor. Leonard Cohen. Yeah, Leonard yeah. Cohen. There you go. The poor stay poor. The rich uh, get rich. Oh, That's yeah. just how it goes. Everyone knows yeah, the yeah. dice were loaded. It was Leonard Cohen and Sharon Robinson wrote it together. Every mm. everybody knows, and it's been that way for when was that song written? 1988. 1988. Yeah. yeah, man, I was two years old when people were talking about how the system is completely broken, and I grow up and it's only gotten worse. Well, it seems like that. It's become more apparent. But I think that we have but, but more listen, control listen. of citizens Hold, now than we used to. I agree with that. I, I agree. There's an opportunity for success. I, I agree. There's an opportunity for the phoenix to rise from the ashes. But I am not someone who just looks around and says everything seems worse than it was when I was a kid. I'm someone who decided to start asking older people. And so whenever I would, whenever I go out in the past several months, past year or so, like the most recent thing, we went to the antique shop. And there's a guy and he's in his mid-60s. And I said, is it, have, have you ever seen it in your life this bad? Never, never. In terms mm -hmm. of the violence, in terms of the, in terms of the corruption, the tribalism, the bifurcation, all of these issues, the economy. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm look, I'm 36 in about um, a month and a week. I'm going to be 37. And I can tell you that in my life, it seems like things are way worse even yeah. like the economic crisis in 08, to me, maybe I was just too young and I wasn't experiencing it. No, it wasn't that bad. 08 wasn't that bad. Unless you had a lot of Compared money in the market. Compared to where we are with like the lockdowns. Nothing like it with two, a war. In two, the two years, forced medication, people not being able to leave their homes, people dying. Right, right. And the World Economic Forum, talking about the Great Reset. I mean, this is like Dude, we tragedy. Dude, we've literally just went from having people like become millionaires overnight for selling memes, meme stonks, basically. And, yeah. you know, and now... Again, now we're sitting up here having these same people losing all that money and trying to to re-enter into the workforce. Like it's bad. Joe Biden gave like the authority of the American military to Vladimir Zelensky. What the hell is going on? That's our president in our in our lives. Like, and he just handed over carte blanche you, to this guy. <clears throat> yeah, or not not yeah. literally, but like just so much money and tanks and like you do what you need to do to defend something that's inescapable, some amorphous. It? I want to talk, before we move on too far from this, I want to talk about consent, which was part of this original story. I don't know if we will tap it off, but like part of what these, these people were like getting young kids to come on, and this is part of like social degradation and things like that, trying to get 12-year-olds to consent. 
I'm thinking genetic age and solar age are different. You can have an 85-year-old body that's been around the sun 85 times, but because you heal your body so much, it looks like it's 40 years old. It feels, it essentially is a 40-year-old body, but you've been 85 years. So you can see like, just because just you've been on earth 18 times around the sun doesn't mean that you're more or less genetically evolved. You, we might have 12-year-olds that are that are more mature than in, in 150 years than 25-year-olds are today. Like we may end up becoming, so... I can I see that, that, but prepare for that crazy argument to come out when they argue for for uh, grooming twelve year olds and stuff. Is that that's not the same? That's literally what the guy said. Yeah. Okay. That's good. What, what the pedo guy was because saying. it's ba- based in logic, but it's not based in reason. Uh, the other thing is uh, when you get someone to consent under duress, it's not a real form of consent. If they don't understand what they're consenting to, they're not really consenting legally. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. a child. Well, it's capacity. If they have no capacity to consent, then you legally cannot. You know, sign a contract or, with that person. And if you have a gun to their head and may, say, say you like it, I like it. See, he said he like. No, you can't do that legal. That's not a legal mm-hmm. admission. I'll tell you when it goes too far. When we start doing informed consent forms for research studies, for pediatric studies, where kids no longer need a parent guardian because up until the age of 18, pediatric studies, and this is, you know, agreed upon by everybody ever since the Declaration of Helensky and all of these other things and uh, the Belmont reports that kids have to have a guardian that has capacity to sign that. So when they start, you know, conducting research studies and, you know, God forbid, you know, your kid gets enrolled in a study or something and they didn't have to have you sign it, that's when you know you've gone too far. Have you seen that? No, no. And you can't. That's an ethical violation. You can't conduct research that way. But it is a good marker. I mean, at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when you know. Um, And I wonder if that'll be introduced more gradually. You know, you have... uh, questionnaires your kids can fill out at school without they're anonymous it doesn't matter and then you slowly ramp it up i mean i think i think the issue for me with all of this is like why does your 12 year 12 year old need to know about consent like are you teaching them about consent before you're teaching them about safety right like they should know by 12 that it's inappropriate for adults to approach them and talk about these things, right? They're saying the opposite. They're saying exactly like it's weird that they're like, well, before anything, let's sure, make sure you understand consent. And they might guise it as safety, right? When you're older, maybe you'll need to know this. But like, really, it's it's prepping. It's it's. I know we're not supposed to say this, but grooming. <laughs> if the kid thinks that they know, and society mm-hmm. is telling them that they know, then what do they know other than that they know? Yeah, <laughs> and like, what are kids famous for? For being like, I know everything. Mm-hmm. I know better than anyone ever at all times. Because that's just part of growing up, right? So if you're yeah. like, well, I've taught them about consent, and they say they know, and they're 12 or 13, like, it just creeps me out. I don't mm-hmm. know. The only time that Kamala Harris has ever said something that was ever correct was that one video where she said kids are just really dumb and they're going to do dumb things. But then her party now wants them to vote and now wants them to affirm to medical treatments and, you know, uh, sexual relations. So, I don't know. I want to talk about uh, Mr. Beast and Hassan Piker because we had this story the other day that we didn't get into. Mr. Beast cured, I think it was a thousand people's uh, cataract blindness with uh, surgery. And uh, Hassan Piker got uh, a bunch of, what is this, 24.8 million views? Are you kidding? Holy crap, look at this. That's on Hassan's one? So this tweet got 24.8 million views. The video was played 6.8 million times. And it says, Twitch streamer Hassan explained why he was filled with rage from watching Mr. Beast's newest video where he cures a thousand people's uh, blindness. So let's play this. It's only 45 seconds long. And uh, I I think this is an important point. 
watch this video, you go, oh, how how cute and how nice. I watch the video and I'm filled with rage. What's wrong with you? That we shut off access to a 10-minute procedure because we paywalled it and decided that, like, some people just simply can't get it. It is so insanely frustrating that it, like, it's up to, like, one YouTube guy to, like, decide to make content out of it that, like, the people who are too poor can't just fucking see. That's insane. Anyway, sorry. It's just, like, a deeply, deeply frustrating concept. He's 80% right. We didn't, we didn't cut off access to cataract surgery. It just costs money. And he is right, though, that it's up to some YouTube guy to make content out of it to give these people the surgery they need. But you know what? A lot of people were ragging on him, uh, uh, saying, like, he just discovered what charity is and things like that. And I'm like, as long as we're giving $100 billion to Ukraine, I'm with this guy. That $100 billion could be used to cure blindness of American citizens who are living in America mm-hmm. in a country that we're supposed, like, that is us, right. literally us. So, well, I don't agree with him on like, it's paywalled and we should just do it. It's like, well, look, you got to pay a guy to yeah. do it. You know, he's got to be, co- you got to cover his, his costs and everything. He's got to incentivize him. You can't enslave him. Mm-hmm. But uh, how much money did we send to Ukraine? $108 billion? At so it, how much money did this cost? $10,000 or $10 million for, uh, if that, how much do you think it costs for uh, this surgery to cure cataracts? Yeah. I, th- you, I think you want, 10 grand is a good guess. I'm yeah. checking it out now. So we're talking $10 million? Yeah, just ten, ten, 10 million bucks. Plus maybe a little bit more if he's housing them or flying them out or whatever, but like Right, bringing them in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's not 10 grand for the surgery, maybe it's 4 or 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, well, you know, I don't think we should just take people's buying power through taxation or through printing of money to then give someone else some kind of medical treatment. So I probably disagree with Hassan on that one. But Look, if, 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 if we're in a country that's sending all this money overseas for like gender studies programs, imagine if instead of Pakistani gender studies programs, we were like, we're going to we're going to cure a bunch of people's blindness. Reinvest. So yeah. I got I got to agree. It's kind of annoying that it's up some YouTube guy to make content out of it for the people to actually get the treatment they need. Meanwhile, they don't fix our streets. They don't fix our bridges. Um, uh, here's what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily saying that we should have taxation to fund this infrastructure or no deal. I'm saying so long as they're taking all of our money, let's compromise and be like, spend it on us. Yeah. Fix our bridges, mm-hmm. fix our roads, get, create create jobs and construction that can restore our infrastructure, secure our borders, bring, bring uh, manufacturing plants back here. Instead, it's war in Ukraine, a border country in which we are not on a border of, <coughs> and then our people are blind and a YouTube guy's got to clear, got to clip their eyes. He also gave people 50 grand, a bunch of them. And one, <laughs> one guy, he gave a new Tesla because he had never been able to drive. I saw this, the video is wow. great. You guys should watch it if you haven't seen it. And he's like, when I get my eyes fixed, I'm going to get a car and drive. Like that was his dream. And Miss Jimmy, Mr. Beast, Jimmy Davidson. I think it's Jim, Jimmy Davidson. Donaldson. Donaldson, Jimmy mm-hmm. Donaldson. I mean, what a guy. He bought him a Tesla. He's like, crazy. And well, here's your Tesla. Pop, pop Culture covered this today, Pop Culture Crisis. Uh, and they. The sound the, thing or the. The, the Mr. Beast mm. uh, covers this because a bunch of people on Twitter were like, well, he's the Antichrist. Like, who is he yeah. to cure blindness? <laughs> <in people?" laughs> like, what? Like, yeah, give this guy wild. a break. Like, I, I understand the objection that he has, and I totally agree with you. Like, if we're spending billions of dollars on Ukraine, it's hard not to be an American citizen and be like, we have problems that if you were going to spend this money, you should spend it mm-hmm. domestically. Uh, but I also think, like, we shouldn't at all make this 
uh, Mr. Beast's fault, right? Like, he tried to do a nice thing. Yeah. He has a lot of money, and he's trying to help people. Yeah. Like, and don't frame it as Jimmy cured their blindness. The guy, the people cured their own blindness with the help of medical technology that Jimmy sponsored. Yeah. That's the story. Yeah. He didn't. He, paid, he wasn't he like Jesus' it. hands on people, which yeah. he probably, he probably made, could have done. But and Jimmy he made a ton of money talk. because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the revenue on that is probably insane, and just the PR is priceless. That's the that's the thing nobody. You know, nobody ever thinks about is the PR in charity is amazing. And, mm-hmm. you know, yep. there's no there's no better return on investment when it comes to advertising. Well, but, it's, 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 I, I was talking about this earlier. Imagine if imagine if big corporations did things like this for marketing. Mm-hmm. Their whole thing was we got a 50 million dollar marketing budget this month. I know let's do the most good possible because it'll generate attention. Imagine if Pepsi was like, I know how to get the best most viral. Look at this. They'll, remember that commercial they did with that Jenner lady and she like walks to the cop and hands him a Pepsi? Oh, yeah. Think about how much money they spent on that and how it was just like, yeah. total flop. Bad. Bad times. Yeah. Oh, you want to. Honestly, maybe not a flop. We remember it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I guess you're right. So maybe they're like, hey, it was a success, but they spend a lot of money on commercials that don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll tell you this right now Pepsi, Coke, you want, you look, look at what Mr. Beast did. Take your marketing budget for the month and then just like, Get a bunch of homeless people a, a good meal, cleaned up. Get them, get them, help them find you know jobs. Help them clean up their lives, and then you, you're gonna get you're gonna get 50 million views. Yeah, you're gonna get 100 million views. I let mean, me, let me ahead. tell you what would piss you guys off the most is how much big pharma ad agencies probably get paid to make those generic commercials where it's just like huh. b-roll of people just doing like basic things, like people skipping through people skipping through a meadow, people going to a bar, and they literally make commercials for drugs like you see it every single drug commercial just has like people on random things like people on a cruise <laughs> ship or, and it's or like those scooters like yeah. going downhill yeah. and, they, and they spend millions they spend millions on those ads just throwing it down the drain and yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like you, you sort of think about how much money is wasted yeah and how it, that could actually be used to pay it forward like this well and i think about like uh the ronald mcdonald house that was mcdonald's big initiative to like give people a place to stay when your kids in the hospital and like wendy's has the dave thomas foundation for adoption like there are businesses that have philanthropic efforts but and i'm not saying those two are perfect examples but like often it's like look at this thing that we're doing as opposed Mm -hmm. to just doing the thing right Right. like yes mr beast made a video of this yes he made money on the other hand like I, I don't really follow his content, but like from what I know, this is sort of something he does. He yeah, regularly he tries does, to yeah. uh, help people out. Like if you had a pharmaceutical company that just did a nice thing instead of staging a photo op, mm-hmm. like I guess I just don't trust them not to sort of cheapen the effect, right? It's about money. And, you know, counterpoint to what you guys are saying, you know, how about, you know, we invest in, you know, doing these things. You know, if you start making a a big deal about, you know, like giving away medical treatments and stuff. And you're a company that does that medical treatment, which, you know, logically that's what you'd be equipped to give away. Who's going to buy your product anymore because they can just wait for you to give it, give it for free. Like this is what happened in Africa when we started, you know, doing all the food drops, you know, agriculture stopped because again, everybody was sort of subsisting off of a lot of the food drops. Mm -hmm. And so we sort of crippled them and that's just human nature. So to a degree, I can see it, but I can also see, you know, when you start like de-incentivizing the profit motive, companies don't invest in, you know, researching these treatments to come up with new ones. Company, you know, we can we can get Pfizer all the crap we want about what they're doing. But at the same time, again, if one drug and I I know this is going to sound terrible, but, you know, if them making that money allows them to fund one drug that can save somebody from a terminal rare disease. 
you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, it's evil, but, you know, I kind of see it's, it's. But you want the other drug. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, it reminds me of like, um, do you remember Tom's shoes? The like, oh yeah, they did the, oh, yeah, yeah. the economy in those re- in those regions. Yeah, but their whole thing was like, if you buy a pair of shoes from us, like you're spending money, but we're giving shoes away, right? Mm-hmm. So like, theoretically, this sounds good, but there are of course consequences. They destroyed the economy mm-hmm. in uh, a bunch of African towns, yeah, because the cobblers all went out of work yeah. and couldn't buy anything. Everybody had free shoes, but mm-hmm. it was. You know, the, the guy who gets the leather goes to the cobbler, the cobbler then makes the shoes and then buys the leather. All of a sudden, no one's buying leather anymore. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the guy who, who, who makes the shoes can't make money. Now, because he can't make money, he's not buying the leather. The guy who gets the leather can't make money. He can't buy food. Neither can buy food. Now, the farmer is like, I don't have any money to get the tools I need to make food. And the economy just collapsed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Each of these jobs was important because they were all working for each other, mm-hmm. making the machine mm-hmm. work. And then some rich people came in and dumped a bunch of shoes on them. No, I'm saying like, you know, look. People who are blind get, need, need yeah. surgery. I mean, that's just giving jobs to doctors, I guess. Jimmy actually pointed out, uh, is this not even like a great thing for capitalism in general to put, you know, people that were before, you know, broken or, or hurt back into the workforce now? They're healed, they're healthy, they're ready to work. So that's a good thing for capitalism as well. Though what he was doing technically, I don't know if you'd say it was a capitalist thing or not. It's irrelevant. Well, I, mean, I just think yeah. it's charitable, right? <clears throat> Form of charity for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he's I mean, made a ton of money off it with his YouTube ads. And he's doing it for money. I mean, he's doing it because he loves people. That's the real reason. But he knows that he can make money off yeah. of charity. It's, he started with his mom when he paid off her retirement. That video mm-hmm. went crazy. Like, he's hugging her, and he's like, um, he's like, get this. This will be a good screenshot for the video, yeah. mom. And then she's like, oh, my God, Jimmy. And he's like, thumbs but up. But is that video. wrong? Like, if no, you are great. doing something good, but you make money off it, it's like, you great. benefit. And yeah. Especially when you see, I mean, he is an example of how great something like that can become. Yeah, mm-hmm. He's like yeah. Oprah. Yeah. yeah. He used to give much stuff away. And he God, owns his own still, everything. That's does so she still great. do that? Like, just like, no, do what? Because she's retired now. She, like, oh, does her one right. dramatic interview a year. Dang. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, like, the companies would sponsor giving that stuff away. It's mm-hmm. not like she was giving it away. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. the thing about him. He makes the money and he gives it away. Yeah. He said he's going to give all his money away before he dies. All yeah. of it. And the problem. I, mean, I don't know. I, 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 I think that's a bad idea. Help him to keep it. So, the, 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 the I've thought about this. You know, like where do you invest and what charities do you support? And that's why we're working on the the, the truth and media one. Because mm. the issue is, I, I see these stories like Bezos's wife, Mackenzie Bezos, gives all that money to wokeness. Mm-hmm. So these people are like, I'm going to do good. I'm going to give my money to Black Lives Matter. And then you're like buying people mansions, mm-hmm. not really solving the problem. Mm-hmm. And I've had experience with these nonprofits, so I just don't trust them. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, I'm going to give my money away. And I'm like, you're going to flush down the toilet. Right? <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Sam Bankman Freed and his uh, effective altruism. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about, oh, how can I give them the most causes that cause the most good? And then he just donates to the Democratic Party because he believes that the Democrats cause the most good. Mm-hmm. He and donated their- people's money. Other people's money. Yeah, there we go. That's the distinction. So again, somebody would say, "Oh, that's like Robin Hood," but then you know, it's reverse Robin Hood. He's still (laughs) it's like chaotic evil. You know, we got Robin Hood. We got we got to talk about this. We got to talk about these two stories because we were talking earlier about cultural decay and societal decay. We were talking about how um, was it Uh, Jack Posobiec? His neighborhood was falling apart. He's never going to. He hasn't brought his kids back to see his childhood home. Welcome to MILF Manor, the most repulsive, exploitative, sordid, hate-to-hate show of all time where blindfolded moms rub down shirtless sons and TV finally hits rock bottom. This is uh, MILF Milf Manor, where moms go and uh, get a bunch of sons and they rub them. This was a 30 Rock joke. On 30 Rock, they made MILF Island, 
and they're actually doing the show right now. And then I want to give a special shout out to Dana White for Power Slap. Yeah. Power Slap. <laughs> Set to have its pay-per-view debut in March with the league's success. This is the show where people slap each other in the face. I take turns to do it. And it's like, you got to not get knocked down and get back up or something. This is literally on my balls. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys seen Idiocracy? Mm-hmm. No, in, in, in Idiocracy, it's uh, Luke Wilson. He goes, he's a, it's a research experiment for hibernation. They forget about him. It's funny. It's Mike Judge. And then he wakes up 500 years in the future. He goes to some guy's house. And then, is there something? Is there audio playing? Oh, there is. And then, uh, yeah, they're cheering for the slap fight. And then uh, he's watching a show called Ow My Balls. And it's literally a guy who's just like, he falls on a fence. He goes, Ow My Balls. And then, like, someone throws a football and goes, Oh, Ow My Balls. And that's the whole show. And then the guy's watching, going, This is that. I'm sorry, dude. It's like this jack- is- Jackass without the stunts. Pretty much on oh my balls. God. You see, that, you see the, the clips from is, this yeah. where people just they go and they have seizures. Dude, we got to we got to play at least one. The the one where the guy's face is huge on the sure left side. Oh, this one, this man. guy. So what they're doing is they're standing with their arms behind their back, mm-hmm. about two feet away from each other across a table, and they are not allowed to guard or defend. That's the thing yeah. about boxing that's legit is you can defend yourself. You mm-hmm. can't defend yourself in the sport. It's no. and then they just take CTE. They take. Yeah. Palm bone to the face over and over until they fall down and go unconscious. Look at this or, guy's face, man. Like yeah. this guy's taking multiple shots to the side of the head. That's why his head looks like this. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, and they have this as well as like a, apparently it's a sport in in Eastern Europe or something like that. Where I don't know where it originated. No idea. But they don't step into it. They yeah. just stand and slap like exactly. This. It's and this, they take a full step and can turn their whole body and get their whole weight behind it. And it's so mm-hmm. much more force. Do they not have the video? Well. Sometimes, CTE, like, yeah, you can crazy. move and they can use palm strikes. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. that's, the, like I said, it just, it takes the sport of slapping another person. Yeah, it's not a sport anymore. And then it just, it just makes you, it knockouts. You see the palm, the, just knockouts. the bone on the palm yeah. coming behind the jaw and, yeah. like, pull it forward yeah. in some of the strikes. I, it, yeah. is, it is like, it's I hope, knockouts, uh, well, I'm afraid if someone's going to get killed. And yeah. then it's going to be great news. Like Dana's just laughing about it. And how like, do you, I don't know. I haven't talked to Dana about it. How mm-hmm. do you win? Like you just, they go back and forth and they hit mm-hmm. each other until someone can't stand anymore or so. has a seizure? Until someone either bows out or gets knocked unconscious. And is this I like, is this like with UFC, there's like weight classes, right? Like, do you pair people up based on no, size or is it random? So. Like, No idea, but I don't think so. There's a women's division. I saw two. I haven't seen a guy and a woman, a man okay. and a woman yet. Uh, yet. Well, at least it's Power at least slap it's on YouTube. Person. Do this they actually? Nuts. Do they actually show? Yeah, 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 I'm sure they will. Here, right in the beginning, and they're like highlighting the, these gruesome knockouts. Welcome to Power Slap from the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada. It's not really this a fight, sport but... that we're about to be in. It will be up there with boxing. It'll be up there. No, it with won't. Karate. This is so dumb. And I'll be able to be a pioneer within this sport. I've been through a lot in my life growing up on the streets, so I deal with whatever comes. streets. There ain't gonna be no chance of me quitting. I was brought up in a quite rough area, so yeah, I've had to look after myself a few times. I think that'll help in the competition. I just grew up tough. We had nothing. You know, so I want somebody that thinks they have something to come feel all this rage and all this pain in this hand, because I will put it in their face. I came out here to do one job and one job only, and that's to put on a f-ing show. I'm glad he fights. I hurt people, that's what I do. Nobody f-ing touch me. I'm untouchable, baby. You gonna remember my name. Oh. 
This is where we're going to separate the men from the boys. The hardest hitters, a lot of trash talking, a lot of energy from start yeah. to finish. Yeah, they're going to get into it. limit power okay. slap. I don't care who you I are. I got to say, I, I'm a huge fan of Dana White, the UFC. Dude, I love it all. Up. This show just is really confusing. Hit me with you. I think you got the song. Also, like... Oh, yeah, he's totally wound up. Oh. Yeah, see, it's just knockout porn, dude. Yeah, knockout porn. That's all it is. Yeah. The doctor's coming in there. This guy's going to have CTE. This guy's yeah, going to have a trauma. Course. Hey, now, we are doing this for free on World Star Hip Hop. Yeah. I know, back in my day. Wait a minute. <laughs> How is... What? I don't get it. What is this? It's it's a it's a bastardization of something that is already popular that Dana White's... Yeah, I was going to say, all of this reminds me of UFC. Yeah. Just except for the actual yeah. contact. The skill. Oh, it's when they get that... the. The palm bone across the cheek jaw is like yeah. the work. Critical hit. Yeah, but look, like in in UFC and MMA, people they fight, they block, they defend, they make yeah. mistakes. Uh -huh. It's like it's like uh, it's a sport. It's, it's like chess. It's yeah. combat. The strategy. Yeah, it's yeah, really interesting. This is stand still. I'm gonna try and hit you as hard as I can, yep. and you're gonna get hit. Someone tweeted out, "What is it next? Like, see who can survive a stabbing the best." Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever watched the show How I Met Your Mother, they had like a slap bet, right? And like, if you lose the bet, you like one character gets to hit the other one as hard as he can, like whenever. And it's like that cross UFC. Like, I don't. I don't understand why this would be fun. Also, like, are they going to try to do, like, the uh, wrestling thing where they're like, oh, well, these two have a rivalry because he hit him really hard in the face. Like, I got it. It's just weird. You guys ever played doorknob when you were younger? Yeah, someone oh, farts yeah. and then you punch him in the shoulder or something? No, no. Until they you, touch a you, doorknob? Exactly. You yell doorknob and then you're allowed to hit him in the arm until they touch the doorknob or they fart and say safety and you can't call doorknob, that's the game. We get a bunch of guys Dana White is like, in a on. ring and they're all standing <laughs> like, around. Have it in the pipeline and too. then everyone's got to eat a, a can of beans an hour before the event and then you're standing there and then as soon as someone hears it, everyone everyone yells doorknob and then you'll hear the guy yell safety and then like the timer will call and be like, it's good and they'll go, ah! and they'll all start running and start wailing on the guy and he's like, trying to get to the doorknob. But, but the doorknob's on a string and it's swinging back and <laughs> well, forth. Well, like occasionally it. <laughs> Or you gotta open, or or somebody pulls a card and like the doorknobs in the box. You gotta open boxes as quick as you can try to find it. Where's the key? Where's the key? Where's combat doorknob? Like this doesn't. That would be more artful than this. Yeah, honestly, like there's got to be some kind of skill component. It can't just be who can get the critical hit. Like seriously, how do you train for this? Who goes first? Like, do you train to fall down or do you train to slap or like? Because if you're training, remember in South Park when Cartman would be like. Let's Rochambeau for it. And I was like, what is that? First, I kick you in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> then you kick me in the balls. And whoever's still standing wins. Yeah, who goes first? And then he, the he goes, I'll go first. And then he kicks him in the... So like, if you're training in, in power slap, I would imagine your training, your sparring partner, they call it sparring, isn't going to try and break your face because you're going in to perform pretty soon. So there might, I can't imagine that they're going as full force. So how can you possibly prepare for something? Oh no, because like in Muay Thai we have hard sparring too, and you know, some it depends. Like you know, if you're a light spar, maybe you're just focused on like the technical. Maybe it's just the fingers, just the tip. But maybe if you're hard sparring, you know, you like give them some full palm action. You know, you, you like to get real deep in there on the. I don't know, man. This is this is what we're reduced to. Like we're having yes. uh, we're having philosophical Yo, conversations. Yes. American Gladiators was was like agility. Who, who, who was that? Bill Hicks. He yeah, ragged on Bill American Hicks. Gladiators. Yeah. He's like, here's sixty eight channels of it or whatever. It's like we made fun of it, but that they had padding and they had those big Q tip things and they're like. 
trying to knock each other in the foam pit. Right. At, yeah. at least that was fun and silly, and no one mm-hmm. really got hurt. American Ninja Warrior. I love American Ninja oh, Warrior. That's great. Yeah, it's that's fascinating. Yeah. That's uh, you know what I don't like about American Ninja Warrior? What? It's not fair to women. Oh yeah, the upper body strength requirements. And- it, it, yeah. It's not that. It's the the what is it called? The spider walk or whatever. The, the wall, oh, yeah, the vertical it, wall. It's, it's two walls, mm-hmm. and you have to jump into it and put your hands. If oh, okay. you're tall with a with a large uh, arm span, mm-hmm. no problem. Mm-hmm. But there are women who are really good, really fit, with great upper body strength, and their hands just don't reach. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are they supposed to do it? Their hands don't reach. That's dumb. But this gives them a chance to have to be innovative yeah. and like figure out how to get through it. And then yeah. the first one that does it, we're like, wow, she was so smart. Sideways. Yep, yeah, exactly. exactly. Sideways, put her back. Like, I don't care. I feel like, yeah, that's true. And it's it's fair to acknowledge it. But like, it's a chance for her to really overcome true uh, I shouldn't adversity. Say, I shouldn't say unfair to women. It's un- unfair to people with smaller stature or shorter arms. Yeah. But it tends to be the women. Because I'm watching, I watched one where the woman... She her, her fingers touch the edge and just falls and it's yeah. like she tried like yeah. her arms aren't well and like what are they supposed to do if they like readjust the wall so they're closer it's like slightly unfair to all the other yeah. competitors like that's what I liked about American Ninja Warriors so they just send anyone down that thing and like it doesn't matter who you are and mm-hmm. like some people struggle on some things so other people struggle on other parts of the, the course like it's fascinating to watch because it just depends on I don't maybe, know maybe we should make the doorknob show. Please cast don't. castle Colty special. Jammy. Doorknob. <laughs> the cast castle guys are outside, like yeah. And then we like got the two it, O's and the word door eyeballs, like looking in. <laughs> doorknob. No, it's it's got to be like one on one, and it's like two guys <laughs> going to a ring one hour after eating a can of Bush's baked beains. They're a main and then they're just like they're like they're they're waiting and they have like boxing gloves. Yeah. But you can't strike the opponent until they fart and you call doorknob. Or but if they call safety, <laughs> you can't. And then you know. <laughs> that, that'd be great. I'm, you know, that's that's where I'm, we're headed. I'm, wait, I'm, I'm waiting on this. This is this is actually going to be gold. Like, have, this is I'm, the next big thing. People are gonna be hanging out at bars and be like, "You want to put on doorknob?" Like, I, you know, <laughs> me, and my, me and my, I used to play that when I was a kid. I'm having a hard time Probably. saying this, but I want to talk about Milf Island. <laughs> things are making me oh. sad. It's milf. Like, it's milf get back Manor. to oh, milf Manor. Back to true culture. Yeah, milf yeah. Back to right. my what I understand. Milf Manor is weird. What is it? Okay, I have just read very little about it, but like. It's a bunch of women who you might consider cougars, like their moms. All of them have to be, might and they consider. go to. I, I assume you would consider them a cougar. <laughs> I'm not an expert. You go to like Mecca. They were filming in Mexico, but yeah. one of the requirements is that they bring one of their single sons. So like their son is living with all these guys. They're sort of weirdly group dating because as a culture we've decided that's something we're into, yeah. and like. Therefore, like I, I saw one clip of it, and this one mom is like, "Careful, ladies! I might sleep with your son." Like, gives me <laughs> like I just don't like it. It's so creepy. Well, no, <laughs> like, so, like, if if your mom is single and you have a brother who's also single, they could go on this show, but your brother will be living with all these guys who are kind of trying to sleep with your mom. Bro, like, imagine imagine that you're going to school and you find out that your mom is on this show and, like, you're getting roasted in the class. You're getting roasted in the class and you, you have, like, one good clap back and they say, but your mom was on Milf Island. Like, what do you say about that? Like, what do you say back Nothing. to that? You That's- just hang around in shame and then go to a different school. Like, oh, or own it and be like, my mom ran Milf Island. <laughs> I feel like you would. I feel like you would be like, "Go, mom! I'm proud of you." At this stage of my life, yeah. Or you can be, or like, in all seriousness, you can be like, "Yeah, well, at least she won." How do you win? I don't know. But what is winning this show? Voted off the island or something for everybody. Yeah. 
I can't believe this is define your own victory. So what they they bring they each bring a son and then they pass their sons around to other kind other of, ladies yeah. and that's it. I've out. never seen a full episode, but like what it's were those, like what were those things called where uh, the swinger parties they would bring out they put all their keys in a bowl. Yeah, yeah. white parties. I think that's what, what those was it are called? called. White parties. Or, you put all your keys in a bowl and then they mix them together. And when you're leaving, you grab it. And white then parties might be coke parties. The wa- yeah, probably probably that. Uh, this was a, a, yeah. A almost swinger, went to one of those swinger parties. I almost went to one with this girl in L.A. and I just I never did. It's kind of weird. Went a little crazy. That's kind of weird. Seems weird to Swingers. me. This one seems particularly weird because, like, what conversations are you guys having where it's like, come on, John, please come on the show? Like, mommy really needs to meet a younger man. It's like, probably from the people from the porn generation that saw yeah. porn when they were kids. They were raised when they were 11 and 12, watched MILF porn. Probably the producers of the show watched MILF porn when they were in their, you know, when they were. I want to be in that boardroom. I want to figure out what those people were on, man, because they, they were on the good, good. Let's, uh-huh. let's, let's, let's just switch to something a little bit more wholesome. Have you guys seen professional tag? Yeah, no. that's fun. It's right. It's like an obstacle course, and like one guy's got to get away from the other guy, and he's mm. running around, and you know that's fun. They're like jumping through obstacles and swinging through bars, right. and the guy's just trying to touch him. See that. right. yeah, that's fun. Yeah, pro yeah, tech. Like we got we got to have a professional Red Rover or something. That would right. be so I cool. I don't know how you would. You got to have like the Tim Cats variety and like game show where like every time oh, you just cool. come up with like a new game show like oh, we every could, week. We could totally do that at, at the at the new studio because we have that mm-hmm. big. Oh, building. I, I was thinking yeah. of a game just, called Do You Want to Live where you I don't even know what to talk about this on, <laughs> on YouTube it's a skit so I don't know if it's going to play for, for TV but we can do it behind the scenes you know Do You Want to Live and it's like based it's a joke about the Canadian assisted suicide oh, stuff where like people come in they're suicidal you're like well do you and then you, you get them all inspired but then the skit would be like at the end of the show like the family comes in they're like so thank you so much I love my life and then the end like yeah I just thought about it but I still want to I still want to kill myself oh. I'm going through with it you know, like, God, you, so no, no. Yeah, what you do is so. Um, I watched this thing. It said that every person who jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and survived, yeah, regretted it. Said that they, yeah, they regretted it. They realized, and that, that as soon as they jumped, the first thing they thought was that all of life's problems could be solved, right. except having just jumped off this bridge. Yep. So that means the people who didn't make it were in regret. Uh. So you take people who are looking for a maid, and then you 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 make life flash before their eyes in a manner of speaking, and then they're all of a sudden like, I love life. <laughs> You know, it's wow. like in uh, Fight Club. Remember in Fight Club when uh, he he Tyler Durden holds up the the liquor store guy, oh yeah, and he's like Raymond, G- was it K Hassel? What did you want to be? And he's like a veterinarian. He's like, and why aren't you? It's too hard. And then he says something really awful that I'm not going to repeat because it's we're on, we're on you know family friendly show. And then he's like, I know where you live. If mm-hmm. you're not on your way to becoming a vet, I will come to your house or whatever. And then he runs. And then Edward Norton's like, Why would you do that? What's the point? And he's like, Tomorrow. Raymond Castle's breakfast will be the most delicious meal he's ever tasted. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. Can I go back to Milf Manor for a second? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Family friendly. Something just crossed my mind. Um, they couldn't make this show in reverse. It couldn't be like Dill, like Dad's Island, right? Dill. Like you're a single dad, but you have a single daughter, and you guys come to the island, and then or if it was oh, called Date Each Other, like you couldn't what if they make identify that show. as Milf though. Then it's okay, Delph. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if it was dads yeah. and daughters, It'd be like creepy. everyone yeah. would be creeped out. It'd be so weird. The dads would get angry with each other. Hopefully, <laughs> you got to give it ten oh, years. Open up this police. Up. Yeah, like I just don't understand. It probably wouldn't do well if it was called like Young Studs too. If it was focused on the young guys, they were going to get laid with the older women. That might not play as as heartily as like we're doing this for the ladies. Like this is all about strengthening women in our society. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like this at all. No, that's weird. Also, like the gamification of porn, man. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I just feel like if it's creepy, if you made it adult men and younger girls, like it should, you should also see it as creepy if it's older women and younger men. It's, well, isn't it's, that just Epstein's Island at that point? 
I don't know. We were. I was. I was talking about how we're going to do like a a morning show that's news, kind of like The View, but with sane women. Because we've had we've got you know women who work here, moms, and then other people who have asked like, is there is there some way there can be a show that's like moms talking about issues that matter to them in politics and culture? Because The View certainly ain't it. And then I was like, we could totally do it. We've got we've got a bunch of uh, uh, people that come in and out uh, of the show who are friends of ours that are guests that are, are moms that talk politics that are sane, moderate to slightly conservative or libertarian, even a little liberal. Sounds good. Someone just super chatted. Uh, Scrubby McScrubberson says, please name the morning mom news show Milfcast IRL. <laughs> we won't, but I appreciate the super chat because that was a good one. That was a good one. I actually am really excited for the new space and they're, they're hard at work on it. But we can totally do fun little game show things. I'm down for that. We should we should we should totally do it with Cast Castle. Have like weird contests. Yeah, yeah, hole in the wall. I was a huge fan of that game show. Yeah, that's you ever a good see? one. That's so cool. They'd be standing on like a moving platform, and the wall would be moving towards them. But there would be like a, a cutout on the wall, the oh, body. And you have yeah. To, like, yeah, they have to make the same position and like stand in the right spot, or they get pushed off the platform. Yeah. And it's so funny. Ooh, They'll like turn at the last cool. minute. And they're like ah, because they realize like three feet off, and they're trying to modulate. And yeah, we should think of weird stuff we can do like that's that's not vulgar and just bring, disturbing. Bring like, back MXC. Yeah. No, well, I mean, what? you know, we could do like no MXC, like like Red no Rover contest or something. You can't really do a Red Rover because it's not really a game. I, we closed on the dude hard in that game once. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was uh, Tom. I don't remember his last name. We could do like. Hope a you're pro- okay, Tom. Yeah, pro uh, freeze tag. It was four thirty five years ago, but pro you're okay. Freeze. Oh, dude. yeah. Pro freeze, freeze tag. That'd be so fun. Yeah, I think part of like entertaining stuff is like. I think so many people who make entertainment right now are like, it has to either be sexual or it has to be super violent. And actually, like, what's entertaining is seeing people, like, try hard. You know what I mean? Like, with uh, American Ninja Warrior, or, like, pro freeze tag, like, people are trying to accomplish something. And, like, we we like that. We root for people who are trying to, like, achieve. You yeah, know you so, somebody somebody uh, super chatted <clears throat> saying, Dilf, uh, this is uh, Heron Gaming saying, Dilf Island would be two shows in one. It would become an MMA show. Yeah. <laughs> So how about Dilf Island? This actually, this would be a really great scratch, a really great sketch where it's like ten MMA fighters <laughs> with twenty-year-old daughters, and yeah. they're all brought in, <laughs> and it's just all the dudes beating the crap out of each other. Like he's trying to talk to this girl, but also he's got his eye on his daughter and that other guy who's talking yeah. to her. Like that'd be terrifying. That would actually be a great show. But also, like all the men would be accused of being super creepy. And like, I think that should apply to these women who are like, you're the same age as my son. Damn Great. Yeah. And they're rubbing their chest. Like what? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. Super yeah, weird. We live in a weird, yeah. weird society. This we is why I'm society. like cultural decay, man. Look, yeah. they're rebooting King of the Hill. Really? Not rebooting. They're restarting it. They're doing new seasons. Hmm. And like Brittany Murphy, who voiced Luann's not around anymore. And what Bobby Hill is going to be the same little kid or something they're uh they're uh doing a, sp- a new fraser oh, it's just every i thought he already got a spinoff fraser he, he is a spin-off, spinoff of okay. cheers mm-hmm. and then they, now they're doing another one and it's just like they keep remaking things they're out of ideas netflix is buying canceled shows and then restarting them mm-hmm. it's like do we have anything left as a society are, are humans just stagnant and bored well i think they also don't want to take the risk right like if you mm-hmm. put a new show out there then you are like opening yourself up to cancel if i recycle old material that at one point you were kind of okay with i'm protecting myself a little bit i don't like it uh, but that's why I have to watch all the Fast and Furious movies because I was like very anti-sequel and then I lost a bet on pop culture. Have you seen any of them? <laughs> I'm up to 
five, I think. I've seen one through five, but I have to get to nine nice. before the next one. Are you comes actually out. like registering what's happening, or you just have them on? The I background? watch them and I take notes so I can like report nice. live. It's, it it's the most intense journalism I've ever done. Yeah, so no, I'm just yeah. But like, if you love car movies, yeah, I get why you're into it. I am not into them, so. I don't tend to become very invested in them. Like right? Fast and Furious. Yeah, I'm Fast not. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I no, I, I disagree. They went to outer space. Stop saying that. Yeah, like that. That's not a good reason. Cars out of planes, and we were like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Now they yes. got cars but, in outer space. But they, they could have done down. that. They could have done that in a different <clears throat> movie with different characters, and we would have been like, "Whoa, cars in space!" No, 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 cool. no. Look, look, look. It's the evolution of the movie series that makes it so amazing. <laughs> right. It's like every every movie they do, they add something to it. And now that they're going on to like, what is it, episode 10 or whatever? Mm -hmm. yeah. They already went to outer space. I'm ready to see Vin Diesel get superpowers. Yeah. yeah. No. Dude, yes. If they like a shrink down, or a mech suit. They should have a villain shrinks yeah. down his car and I, goes into a guy's body. <laughs> and then he has to shrink down his car and chase him through the veins. There's they're like driving on the veins. There's like, like a Fantastic Voyage. Oh, is it? But the, you know the movie where no. the guy goes and he shrinks down? Except, but like you have a villain well, element to it. Inner Osmosis space, Jones, he was like a white blood cell that he went through the body. I just want to know if in the 10th movie there's a Tesla. Because that seems like it makes oh, yeah. sense to me. Oh. Elon Musk has got to oh, be in it. He's gotta... Like, I've never thought about cars so much in my life as I Here's have I, while I, watching I, this franchise. I, I, I go beg, to lithium I, mines and look, like, free a bunch of slaves. Yeah. <laughs> I will I will personally mm -hmm. lobby any production house or whoever is going to fund this for the next Fast and the Furious movie. Vin Diesel and the crew are, are driving. <laughs> they're testing an experimental new car with like a fusion, you know, plasma reactor that explodes and the energy hits all of them and they all get a different superpower. And then, yeah. but one of them tur turns bad and then like Dr. Doom, and then, you know, Yo. they're fighting and like Vin Diesel is like super strong and can jump really high and he like punches the ground and the ground explodes and well, yeah, the other like, guy can shoot lightning from his fingertips. One or something. guy gets like, because when they get knocked out of the car, like one guy gets, the gasoline gets on him and he gets lit on fire. So he gets like fire, fire powers. powers yeah. One guy's like gets hit by the airbag. So he becomes like wind power. <laughs> you know, one guy's like stuck under the tires. So he gets, you know, there's he 20 ground power. Yeah, he turns into a rubber man. Yeah, you roll 20 on that one. You could yeah. have like the villain could get stuck with a bunch of the carbon dioxide from the exhaust and he's like breathing it in. No, he turns them all smoke. Yeah. So oh, yeah, all like change. yeah, so like there's like black smoke coming off him when he walks and he's like, whatever happened to me was a gift. <laughs> and, he like, and then Vindos is like, no! And then he gets blasted like, away and then Michelle Rodriguez is like, no, dumb! It's <laughs> <laughs> just like not the same franchise at all. Like It's not now. They went to outer it's space. Got, it's got so why diesel. not just make a different movie no. about this? No, 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 you, no, no, no. You realize when That's you play games like um, Software Inc. You, that you can buy IPs so I could buy like an old movie mm -hmm. and then put that name on my movie that has nothing to do with it and it would just sell more tickets. I get th yeah. I get that there is just a cult following. There's Ludacris. something about this I'll never totally follow. Ludacris gets the ability to like interface with machines because <laughs> that's his character. He's like the tech guy. No, yeah. that made me mad because when yeah. I watch, I think like, he's smashed he's, into the car. He's, he's plugging in the USB right as the, the blast hits him and he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's a technomancer now. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden he's like, I can see and he's like Neo and he goes like this and then like the car moves and he's like I am the cortex see um, that annoyed me he was like I think it's like the fourth or the fifth one I just watched it recently like he was like this nice guy with an afro and he waves the flags and he collects the money but then they wanted to bring him back so they're like we gotta give you something to do he built a spaceship you know how to unlock the vault I haven't seen that one yet don't ruin it for me he built a spaceship 
Man, that's he went to outer wild. space with it. I knew he had it in him. Like, I just don't get it. Like, why? Why is this the trajectory? But I realize that Man, I just how many and then think about think about. I have 11, a lot more to go. Or don't like whatever. Not, they're on ten, I think. And then, but look, they already the superpowers are already in it. I've talked about this in mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba's a super soldier, cybernetically enhanced. He's like bulletproof or something. I'm I'm totally yeah. down for this. And then in the eleventh one, they fight Transformers. Then you bring Optimus Prime and 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 you know in it. And then it's you know it makes perfect sense. It, yeah, it, it writes keep itself. It going. Keep it going into absurdity. It would actually kill because into we're absurdity. So, yeah. We're not in absurdity Dude, yet. Imagine no, this. No, no, no. Imagine no, Optimus Prime has got a blade through his chest, and he's like, "Dumb, you must stop Megatron." <laughs> and then Megatron's like, "No," and swings. And then Dom, they both punch, and there's like little Dom and big Megatron. Their fists are like. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the trailer. I would spend fifty bucks to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you all would too. Everybody knows it. I Dom's got to say a line like, "And this is for my new family." Yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, he has to mention family a bunch of times. Always, always. I felt bad for him when he was like on the run with his sister and her new boyfriend, who's also a Fed, who like got you convicted for car or whatever. Oh, do you like, like old, old enemies well, become friends? Like that that's at all. Have you seen any of these? Just Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, the one man. The Tim was just talking about the Idris Elba. Let me tell you, you're missing a lot of details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, also, none at all. Well, it makes me actually angry to think about how they'll never make a fun movie like that. Like, think about, think about, think about the Spider-Man movie they did. Was it No Way Home? No, which one, which one was it? Was it No Way Home where uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in it? Was in it? That was yeah, like, that's a new one. No Way Home? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And it was, it was awesome. To see like the, the they rebooted Spider Man, but they just uh, twice, so they just had to bring the other character to say it's like a multiverse, mm. and it was it was fun and it was funny and it was cool to see that they brought these other characters back, even though they're completely different movie franchises. Yeah. And the rumor is for uh, the new, so they did Infinity War where all the Marvel movies come together. The rumor is they're going to do Secret Wars, which is a multiversal saga from Marvel. So they're apparently mm. going to bring in Hugh Jackman from the X-Men movies into oh, the wow. MCU and have all these different characters from different movies in one... Mo- I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I want to see Dom in Fast and the Furious swing a fist with, Meg- with Megatron and they and they stop and like energy bursts out and, and you know Optimus Prime is there. <laughs> is it the actual Transformers? Do they get the rights? I don't know who owns it. Is it Universal? Don't, don't they own both? I'm pretty sure it's this universal. is just not appealing. Yeah, look to up, me. look, look no, up they, who owns both. How would you totally make it appealing. better, Hannah? It Claire? is appealing. It totally is. I don't, I don't know. Probably like a woman who falls in love with a guy and he's a vampire or something. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> <laughs> rude. I'd make it a Hallmark movie. Softer. Optimus Prime is if it's a Christmas small town. Uh, a small town robot who <laughs> runs a job as a oh. truck driver and when Dom brings his cousin back she's got a busy business boyfriend who's the worst who, who's the worst <laughs> and she falls in love with Optimus and realizes she never left her hometown and then Dom fights Megatron okay I'll think about okay. it that, that's better no I mean I guess for me this like I also am not super into the MCU or like the DC thing where it's like here's 87 characters and movies and like I just feel like the plot gets lost but I recognize that this is a personal like I just am not into it well it's, it's look FF don't worry about all the characters because eventually you're gonna watch so much Fast and Furious that every character is just gonna be Dom on the screen being <laughs> Just they all are ver- they're all versions of Dom. It's very weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Like also, ki- things don't make sense, and we're just supposed to accept it. Yeah. You know? Someone. All right, we got to go to super chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member at timcast.com. We're gonna have a members-only uncensored show coming up for you, just about uh, an hour and ten minutes. They go up on the website front page uh, every day about eleven. But let's read your super chats. 
Tracer says, I am once again asking for channel member emojis and perhaps even custom colored beanie badges. That's a, that's a good point. Let me write down emoji and uh, try to remember to get the crew on that. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Tracer. Yeah, I was, I, I've been playing Overwatch a little bit every day. A little Heroes of the Storm on my end. Uh, oh, I yeah. play later tonight, actually. I'm, I'm not a fan of, uh, the tra of, of Tracer in, in Overwatch. I mean, she's got high DPS, but it's just... She's a good assassin killer. Because she can get in the back lines, she's faster than Sombra's most assassins. Uh, she's not in. She's not in no, in, in Overwatch, I think just Sombra's better because Sombra can stealth, just walk right up, aim at the head, and brrr, and then warp out of there. It just it just makes a lot more sense than Tracer. Tracer's you know rewind is like a little chaotic. Anyway, Niboopsh says I respect the flax, but I'm not going to call myself Jam Frank or Eric the Rad. Seems cheap. What is that? What? I don't know. You don't know what that means? Tell me about oh, it. Oh, Jam Frank or Eric the Rat. Oh, historical fig. I think ah. like historical figures. Wow. Jam Frank. Witty. Oh, Eric. Like, uh, I get it now. Yeah, mm. I follow now. Okay. All right. We got Raymond G. Stanley Jr. He says, Tim, I dug the 4 p.m. I got to thinking about all the small towns in PA with boarded up windows down in Main Street and how they'll never come back. Sad man. I was talking about how if you go to small towns today... You'll see the downtown Main Street, all the, all like, not everywhere, but a lot of these small towns, there's just nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like, it, in Brunswick, mm -hmm. a lot of these businesses, there's just nothing there anymore. And, and it was, re I, we, we drove through recently, and there was a shop that's gone now, and I was like, what happened to that shop that was there? Like, they're closing down, Amazon's taking over. Jeez. And so I'm just, I, I always tell people, I was saying, look at that boarded up old building, and imagine what it must have been like when it was first built. Mm -hmm. And there's like a young couple that just got married and they bought their first house and they're standing in front of it and they're smiling and they're like, we're going to make it work. This is it. And they go in there and it's like 1950 something and they're painting the walls and they're just like, this is going to be our dream home. And then it's like, it's like the movie Up, mm -hmm. you know, now it's all broken up, falling apart. There's no one left anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's crazy. I remember I was in, um, I think I was in Ukraine and I walked, I saw this old, dish, like just rusted piece of crap car. And I thought about how. Yeah, when that car was first sold, some dude who bought it was like, yes, oh, brand new 1968 oh, Volkswagen. Man. And now it's just rusted out, rotting, and it's someone's mm -hmm. junker. Yeah. Imagine, Crazy, like, right? All of, all of the good feelings, all the like, you know, when you first buy that car, like everything you think you're going to do with the car. And then just to see where it is now, like it's, it's so disappointing. It's almost just tragic. I, I like buying like vintage clothes and I think about that especially with stuff that's like custom tailored. You're like, oh, this was like someone's like big moment, mm. you know, dress yeah. or outfit. Like they wore it somewhere important and now it's just something I'm buying for like a dollar at an estate sale. Depressing. Max Reddick says, can you try to get David Pakman back on? He was just on Valuetainment and he seems like one of those my brain broke because of Trump type of guy. Uh, I've known David Pakman for like 12 years. And uh, yeah, we should invite him out. The thing is, it's hard to get <coughs> excuse me people out who host their own shows. And I'm not gonna like, I'm not gonna be critical of if, of David because he probably can't come on because he literally does his own show. It's it's like, hey, cancel your show and come on mine instead. It's kind of a weird thing to ask somebody. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a legitimate reason why we just don't Skype people in. It is not the same thing. It's just really not. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just kind of feel that way. And uh, I just I don't think. Internet conversations are the same as actually having someone in the room. It's not because it's digital. A lot of it literally, uh, if if two people try and make a sound at the same time, only one of the voices can be registered as a one. The other one will be registered as a zero and you'll hear mute. So two people can't, like you and I can sing harmonies. And since we're, it's an analog conversation, it's not going to, uh, I don't think it'll mess up. I think we should do it too. We've also had good, uh, 
we've had good response from like streaming on one channel and then flipping over to the other channel 20 minutes in. Hmm. So you know, like we can I, stream on David's channel and then. Uh, yeah, or, or both or whatever. Man. But, uh, uh, you know, if he came out, I'd love to have him on. But I really would love to have Kyle Kalinske. And I think we're going to we're going to bring Kyle on. I think Kyle's great. Yeah, he's awesome. I think I think, you know, we disagree on some political issues. But I remember one of the first experiences I had watching Kyle Kalinske's content was him defending Carl Benjamin. Uh, and some some leftist was attacking Carl and calling him a white supremacist, and Kyle was like, "That's not true. Like, you can disagree with Carl, but he's not that guy." And I'm like, "Wow!" Like he was being completely honest, and I was like, "I respect that." I um, like the name of his channel, Secular Talk. So I imagine at some point he had some sort of religious like epiphany or something, whether it was to get away from it or to go toward. I'd love to hear his story about that. Plus, it makes sense that uh, I think he's getting married to Crystal Ball, and she's also mm-hmm. very similar. Like she's progressive, but you know, obviously her and uh, Sagar and Jedi they're. Yeah, like they have disagreeing opinions, but you know you can have a conversation about what you disagree yeah, on, yeah. but you're having a real conversation. So that's why I like uh, I like breaking points. You know, formerly it was you know Crystal and Saga were doing uh, the Hills Rising. Yeah, but I, they're good people. They're Crystal good people. Kyle and friends. I think that's the name of the new show. There. Yeah, Crystal but Kyle. I do think that they end up associating with bad with a lot of bad faith people. Mm-hmm. And I suppose people could probably argue that for us as well. Like some of the people who come on the show are probably bad faith. I think my my issue is only like, dude, we invite people on like we had the krasensteins on you know we um, props to them for coming on yeah but a lot of these these lefties won't do it and i think it's because they're legit grifters it's like you can't accuse like they come out and they'll call us or other people on the right grifters when quite literally ben shapiro is like please come on my show to have a conversation and they're like no it's like how is it grifting if he wants you to go on his show and say literally whatever you want yeah now nah, they're uh, full of it they're full of it man it's just uh, it's one of those situations where, again, if you don't believe what you're saying, if you if you don't care about it enough to at least have a baseline, then yeah, you're a grifter in the worst way. Now, if you're just making money from it, then I mean, that's not bad. Like, you know, you're not a grifter because you at least believe it a little. All right. Scrotes Magoat says, Tim, I can't help but notice that nobody, including you, has mentioned the drone attacks on Iran over the weekend. Well, I don't really know what to add to that conversation or what to say. I mean, what do you guys think? I was first I've heard of it. Still a developing story, honestly. Yeah. But I mean, you know, for what we know is Israel was involved and or at least that's what they claimed. And, yeah. you know, right now it's got some implications because, you know, Russia, those uh, Shahed drones that they use to basically, you know, put Kiev, Kiev in the dark came from Iran. So it, there's still a lot of stuff coming out about that. So I don't. I don't think it's wise to even, you know, render a decision. I tell people this all the time. Tactical patience. Just literally do nothing. Just wait. Mm -hmm. Wrath of Paul says last night's episode was one of the best ever. Matt Strickland is an American hero. It was very inspiring to hear his story about how he won against tyranny. I love sticking it to the man. Yeah, Matt Strickland of Gourmelts in Virginia. Google it, look it up. Go head down there. They got amazing food, 90s music. It's a Gourmel, uh, Gourmelts, was it 90s music in Bruja, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. I'm getting the name wrong. Gourmelts is the easy way to remember it. And he's running for uh, state senate in Virginia. So they, they, they try to shut everybody down over COVID. And he says, look, these rules don't make sense. They said, put up plexiglass. But he was like, how big? Where? How? Like, what if I put up one inch of plexiglass? And they're like, yep, that's fine. He's like, but it doesn't make any sense. Why are you making me do this? People can wear mat. People have to wear masks when they walk in, but they take it off when they sit down. He's like, what does that, what does that even do? It makes no sense. So he said, I'm not doing it. They eventually came after him. So they, they, they pulled his licenses. And then he said, okay, well, I don't care. I'm going to keep doing it. Then we all saw this viral video where they raided his store and took all his booze. And this is under a Republican, mind you, Yunkin. And he still said, I'm not going to do it. He won everything. He won in court. He won back his booze. He won back his licenses because he just said no and he refused to comply. And you know what the, the worst thing about the story is? 
He said that tons of people hit him up saying what you did was amazing. And he says, well, why don't you do it? And they're like, oh, no, I, I, I can't do that. I don't want to I don't want to get the health department on me. And it's like you, you, you cheer on the one guy who did, but you refuse to stand up with him. That's that's brutal, man. Yeah, I think it's an example that you can emulate people like Matt. The amazing guy. It's really hard to do, though, man, because they put they put him in the pain box. Like, yeah, you know, sure. they they really didn't make him put his hand in the pain box. And he just he, yep. that that will is not common. That's the thing. You don't have people to have that willpower. All right. Daniel Welch says, I have history of autoimmune pericarditis, always disclosed and accepted for health life insurance, recently denied life insurance because of pericarditis. I wonder what changed recently. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, we didn't. We, you know, well, let's let's talk about the MSNBC host for the members only, and we can get we can go nuts on it. Yeah, you've got a lot of medical knowledge that I think you bring to the table on that. Talking yeah, about we were, blood cells and yeah, we were talking a lot it. about this. So we'll 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 talk about that. She's like, I had a common cold and it turned into pericarditis, and then a week later it turned into myocarditis, and it's been a month and a half and I still have a cold, and I'm just kind of like, real quick, do people get colds for that long? That is is really rare. Typically, if you're immunocompromised, something like that could happen. And, you know, again, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, when I get a cold, it's like three days. Mm -hmm. I start I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little sick. Then the next day I'm like, oh, I'm sneezing. The next day I'm like, wow, I'm feeling like I'm getting better. And then the next day it's just like, oh, I don't know. It's, uh, what is it, the rhinovirus? It, yeah. It, 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 it's actually, a, it's actually a, fam- a family of the coronavirus, believe it or not, still, uh, you know, the common cold. I was so. reading about it. It says it, it duplicates at 93 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the temperature of your nose. So if you have snot in your nose and you're not blowing it out, that's where it's duplicating and duplicating. You want oh, wow. Keep mm-hmm. that empty. Go in there. And that's why it goes out. in your nose, huh? Yeah, it's a great breeding ground for the rhinovirus. John Riddenoff says, I'm digging Ian's jacket. Hell yeah, dog. Yeah. All right, what do we got here? AK Storm says, a lot of people I, I follow that did lock their accounts and their first post is asking if they're finally being seen. <laughs> I, I saw a bunch of people, all of a sudden all my retweets were gone, all of my quote tweets were broken, and I'm just like, I can't, like, dude, you just cut yourself off from every post and it just, it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing. How long do you think they'll stay locked for? I don't know. Like, is this a lifestyle change permanently but, uh, or a couple weeks? Maybe. But look, some people have people already are, went public again. People are person. saying, people are saying, like, oh, you're, you're, it's, it's uh, hyperbole to say Twitter is dead, and I'm like, it's a, it's a figure of speech. I'm not saying Twitter broke. I'm saying that if large portions of high profile personalities have locked their accounts and no one can see what they're posting, and I can't share their stuff anymore, mm-hmm. and they did it because no one's getting engagement. Come on, man. Like, it's dead. Yeah, the platform it's is dying. And 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 look, it's uh, Dave Rubin did that thread where he said there the code is is a, 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 a what I call a fractal Rube Goldberg machine, mm-hmm. and they're trying to fix the code, but they pull one piece out, the whole thing starts breaking apart. It might they're, just be they're going to rebuild it from the base up. They said, yeah, it might be that the site is under intense anesthesia at the moment and is unconscious, fully alive, and under in going into Fair surgery, kind of like Fair what point. you're doing, yeah. Yeah, then they're they're gonna have to do that. But I mean, that's taking the company private, though. That's technically what that is, because you're rebuilding anyways. Did yeah. he? He did that. Elon yeah. did that when he bought it. Yeah. So it's been under anesthesia. Hmm. All right, Jeffrey Perrine says, "I think you would love the book of Proverbs, the Wisdom Book. It's series of limericks about wisdom and the consequence mm-hmm. of rejecting it. It seems similar to things like Confucius, written by Solomon. Yeah, mm, interesting. Very yeah. wise book. I used to read that one actually a lot, but." God, I can't remember any of them. It's just too much good stuff. Patriot American says, Tim, when your West Virginia location finally opens, will you be promoting the address so people can submit applications to work there? Or have you already received applications for it? We have like a couple applications from people who met us at uh, events. 
But once once the the location is open and we say what it is, you'll be able to Google it, and then everyone will uh, will come. And so this is what I was trying to say to to people in the city. Like, look, I think it's a coffee shop. It's gonna it's gonna sell coffee. People are gonna go there for their co- for, brec- for for breakfast and stuff. But we're gonna do events and we're gonna invite y'all out there. So I'm like, this is gonna bring people to the area. It's gonna be good for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of excitement. And you know, uh, uh, there was an all ages drag show nearby. Yeah, and that that. It actually got me close to canceling this location, saying like I don't want to be in a town that would tolerate that, that would advocate for this. And mm-hmm. and then I thought actually the opposite: we're going to bring our influence into this town and just be like we we yeah. don't do this yeah. here. Like, you can't you know. abandon the territory, That's yet, right? It. Like if you're in a battleground, you don't just give up. Yeah, and it's not about like going out there and 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 protesting. It's about saying like, look, you do that. We're going to do an event, and we're going to say no, and we're going to have games and drinks, and we're going to put on. You know what I'll do? I'll put on a drag show. Big drag show, biggest drag show, and we'll have uh, uh, food and and booze. Of course, that means twenty one up and only. Yeah, no kids. You know, no, no kids, kids. No kids allowed. And we, I will make it so that look. I don't care if you have a drag show. That's that's great. Like have fun, be an adult, do weird stuff, do fun mm-hmm. stuff, have a good time. No kids. This is not for kids. And so this influence we can bring in can be more libertarian, but it can also be like you ain't bringing your kids here. And that's what they were doing. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's that's just like it's not appropriate, man. We're gonna do Saturday morning cartoons. We call it. Bring in your kids, hang out. We'll do catered breakfast. You come in. We'll figure out whatever it costs. Everybody gets to eat pancakes, eggs, sausage, bacon. Maybe, maybe. Well, we gotta have pancakes, but I, I recommend people avoid the the glutens and the oh, sugars yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. Maybe almond flour. Yeah, we could yeah, do or, or a mix at least. Uh, at least like mm-hmm. a like a uh, we we got this almond flour that has tapioca in it, and it, it's it's really good. Yeah, if you've ever cooked with like almond flour or even like coconut flour, dude, yeah, it, you can do some good stuff. You, you remove the carbs, you add a little bit more fiber, which is good for the gut, and it's just it's just better for you. But then we'll put on approved cartoon <laughs> shows, maybe like Daily Wire's Chip Chilla when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Things that are gonna instill kids with you know like I think Justice League, the the oh, yeah. I, I thought that was great. A lot of important Bring lessons. Back Young Justice, man, I hate that they canceled that show. Yeah, Static Shock, I thought was actually a really great show. Yes, for teaching kids lessons. Yeah, it did that. It was yeah, it was it was good. It was like the kid got caught up in gang violence. Then uh, what is it like the the Big Bang happened yeah. where all the gas all exploded. All the Bang babies and they became metahumans basically. And so now you know he's literally at school with like school super powered school bullies and he's just. All the while coping and, you know, kind of coming into age yeah. and learning and they his powers. Had, they had the racism episode. Yeah. They had the, the homophobia episode yeah. where, like, his friend is gay and his dad is intolerant. Mm-hmm. But they were, like, I thought it all worked. Yeah. I thought it was all, like, relatively libertarian. So I'm like, I think we can we can, we can can make this work. Anyway, that's going to be fun. I'm super excited for this. Melissa Wood says, Malcolm rolls a 20. BlackRock and Zelensky just came together to rebuild Ukraine. Have you guys seen the video about what the goal for Ukraine is? A completely digitized society by 2030. Yeah, so that. What if, conspiracy theory, what if the war is part of the World Economic Forum Great Reset and Putin is the faux villain and they're, they're damaging Ukraine on purpose because you have to destroy before you can rebuild? How do you radically transform something to create what you want if there's a layer already on top of it of a culture and a society? Decimate it and then... So this is what happened with the uh, NHS in, in the UK, for instance. How did you get nationalized healthcare in Europe? World War II. Yeah. Everything was just destroyed and people had no choice. You had to give people medical care. And mm-hmm. so it came from the government. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a part of their system. Right. Conspiracy theory. I'm not saying it's true. <laughs> I'm saying at the very least, whether, whether that's true or not, what Russia is doing will result in a, a, recon- a re- reconstruction that will be radically different. 
Mm-hmm. Very strange. They're gonna have the best internet. No joke. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Because when they rebuild it, they're gonna rebuild it with top tier tech. And they're gonna have like gigabit phones and stuff. Yeah. Dear God, man. you got the best slave masters, the, the most high tech. <laughs> well, and they're over there where all the res- uh, resources in China's basically bankrolling that whole entire region right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Ukraine. Yeah. 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 Well, Russia basically, but they'll probably get in on it because China likes to make money. That's mm-hmm. literally what they do. Yeah, you can see what happened in Rwanda too. All the internet and everything got so good there. Now it's like the Singapore of Africa. For oh, wow. Yeah. Five mm, G, baby. Yeah. Let's grab some more. Grofty says, uh, that jacket is nice, Ian. Thanks, Grofty. Yeah, a lot of people are commenting on uh, on that jacket. It's my blue, uh, what is this, velvet? Velvet, yeah, yeah. man. It's awesome. I should know, blue suede, I wasn't going to call it. Blue velvet. Man, looking smooth over there. I was about to say, that is a, that's a 20 rolling jacket right yeah. there. Yeah, I got a gold, rolling jacket. Gold, green, and blue so far. Quantum Strange Quark says $100 billion would be enough to give every homeless veteran $2.5 million each. Got to make sure that math is correct. <laughs> oh, God, that reminds me of the one meme. How many, they, I mean, maybe how many homeless veterans? Oh, the, the Elon Musk purchasing Twitter meme where people like purposely get the number and uh, the number of people that he could have given for oh, 44 yeah. billion wrong. Well, remember when that lady went on, I think it was uh, MSNBC, and she was like, uh, what did she say? There's a tweet, and it's like Brian Williams, and he's like, Michael Bloomberg spent $500 million on his campaign. There are 325 million Americans. Mm-hmm. He could have given everybody in America a million dollars and had change left <laughs> yeah. over, still be rich. And she's like, it's crazy, isn't it? But it's, but it's true. And it's like, he could have given everybody like $1.50. These people don't know, man. What are you talking about? Uh, well, you don't understand. Elon Musk, bad. Don't, don't question yeah. the math. <laughs> but $100 billion, that is massive. Yeah. That is a lot of money. Think about 2.5 million. Just 1% of it. Like, you won't even miss it. Come on. It's, it's going to get stolen anyways. <laughs> Peter Watkins says, Tim, you advertise. Put your money where your mouth is. I mean, I, 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 I did to a certain degree, right? I didn't go out and, like, cure a bunch of blind people. I could. I think it'd be great marketing. If we made the same video and we're like, the Mr. Beast challenge, spend your marketing budget, how about mm. we do it? How about we do a response to Mr. Beast just straight up saying the best possible marketing ever is is helping people, and I guess the issue is like I don't think I have enough, as, I don't have nearly as much money as Mr. Beast does. How many people can we, we can treat? Maybe well, like we're helping Bucko with stem cells. We could do that with cats. We could do it with people's animals. We could do like put a, put a million dollars into like just heal like hundred and fifty cats or something or two hundred and three hundred dogs. Just go or to like a a, a, a local vet ho- or vet hospital and pay off everyone's bills. Yeah, if like, we had a million dollars lying around, or or even like a because it's not that expensive. It's like what was the five grand I think for the entire or like eight grand for the entire process. If we did that for like a hundred people or something, that'd be. Yeah, but it's not the people; it's the cats. Days. So it's seeing the emotional response from the humans that are able to see again that really sells the. But then video. the question is: Do you then make a video and put it on YouTube so you can make revenue off it and then right. continue this process? Exactly, yep. and that 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 could potentially be the thing, right? So we we spent I think like half a million bucks on the Times Square stuff throughout the, throughout last year, and this was over over like four months. So it's not like all all at once. All at once is not possible, but spread out over time with revenue coming in, and then we spend our excess on trying to do something impactful. I think we could potentially do something like that. Maybe in a few months after we generate enough revenue, then we can spend it on something. You know, Jimmy was already pulling in revenue, I believe, when he started feeding it back into the system. So he was already yeah. self-generating. But I mean, like I said, it, it works. It's an investment. 
So it it uh, works. It's actually a pretty nice investment. But I mean, have have people send in ideas, you know, and uh, maybe like every, every what month, do you want to like see draw? Support? Yeah, every month, like draw an idea and have that person, you know, come see the come see it in action or something. All right. I guess I got to read this one. Cage of the Mix says, Tim needs to stop putting black guests in front of black, dark-colored backgrounds. I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it happens every time. There's one guest seat, and we have the soundproof over the door because it's a bathroom, and there's three layers of, of soundproofing for obvious reason. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, no, I guess fair point. It, it's, it's, so, it's just to check to see if you're paying attention because one day, I, one moment I could be here, next moment I could just ninja away. <laughs> you got to see me. People are pointing out the contrast, like Hannah Claire is very pale, and so this it's, it's like. You still have yeah. that white photo of Joe Biden behind me too. It makes it <laughs> yeah. Oh man! I guess we could have swapped Stage seats, lighting. but like we just always put the guests there, so mm-hmm. it has the brand behind him, which is nice for when the from the clips come out. You always remember what show it's. Well, on. I don't know. It's just don't it's just, see color, and it's a problem. It's always been the guests. Yeah, I think it would be weirder if we were like, no, the black guests have to sit no, over there. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. that'd be bad, I right? And I might, I look, I might start giving you the eyebrow. Hold on, now I saw the last <laughs> guest over here. Wait a minute. You're too dark. You can't sit there. Like that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, that is like <laughs> really <laughs> see, see, but. A leftist would think that that was progressive. So. Should we have like right. emailed you and been like, but please don't wear black. <laughs> Just wear a white shirt, a red shirt, a colorful shirt. Well, actually, no, to be fair, you know, we would yell at Luke all the time for wearing red. Yeah. Because it, 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 it the Throws cameras go nuts. Yeah. yeah. They, they, it turns red or blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, but if you Ian's had, wearing this yeah, crazy, crazy jacket. Yeah. If you wore like a, a white shirt, maybe you would have popped on screen. Like, I feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't have any kind of white clothing. <laughs> I don't know. You remember that commercial where they did this diversity camera thing where they're like, our cameras can actually take pictures of black people. Oh, yeah. That, that. that was like the marketing campaign. Yeah, oh, my yeah. gosh. Black. All right. Oh, <laughs> I remember that? now. Yeah. True yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, whatever, man. You know, make camera that works. It's fine. I, I got no beef. Yeah. As long as everyone understands, it's not me. It's Guys, right. it's not my fault. It's just I'm right. Right. dude. Serge over there, dog whistling in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Crispy Cave says, if you guys are confused by slap fights, you have to check out in-car MMA. I've seen that. What? I think it's where they fight in a car. <laughs> no way. Are you joking? Stop. People yeah. just do this. No <laughs> way. Car jujitsu. Yeah, you found oh, it. God. Submission grappling inside of a car. Just go to a dangerous city. Like, I don't understand why we're making this. <laughs> Look, as a Muay Thai practitioner, I already make jokes about jujitsu um, practitioners, but to see, like, <laughs> them doing, trying to, like, get a Kimura in the middle of a, <laughs> over, over the dashboard, that's hilarious. I'm looking <laughs> at lowkickmma.com, and you see a dude, like, jumping over the seat. The dude in the blue is trying to wrestle him. Do down. people, <laughs> so, like, if you're in MMA, if you like, do UFC fighters transition into this? Is this a launch pad for like a different career? How does what's the ecosystem here? Typically, you start training at a gym, and you know you you start amateur. So you know you're taking taking a few fights in like little small amateur leagues. Some people they they go to route they start in street beefs. If you've ever watched street beefs, it is addictive. But then they go to like these smaller leagues, things like um you know, well you know we can go into strike force, but you know you got cage Uh tight and stuff, and they eventually just move and they get signed to UFC. It's kind of like boxing. But like, if you're in UFC now, do you start fighting in the car next? Nah, then you go to movies. Oh, okay. All right, Mm -hmm. I want to grab this uh, this last one. Uh, What is this? Uh, Arnulfo Arnulfo Flores says, "Hey Tim, are you willing to accept goldbacks as currency in your cafe?" Yes, if we're legally allowed to, which I think we would be. Mm -hmm. So we actually have a bunch of them. We have uh, a couple stacks of the the goldbacks that I got a while ago. It is gold foil, one one thousandth of a troy ounce in a you know bill, 
and it's like laminated or something. It's like sealed, I guess, or whatever. And so it's a it's a gold bill. And I wow. think their value is around like between two and five dollars, depending. One yeah, percent of twenty one hundred dollars. That's about where gold's at, right? Yeah. Standard boys. So you walk in and it's like someone says, "Will you take a gold back?" I'd probably say sure. Or uh, one. I might. 000, I might uh, honestly even accept 2, a barter. To be honest, mm-hmm. like you come right. in and you're like, "I'd like a coffee." It's like, "What do you got?" I have this really really nifty chain, and like, I'll take it. Wow. Someone can walk in and be like, "I got an old bike lock." I'm like, throw it in the pile. Turn it into Here's a game. Your start bartering for your coffee. Yeah, I was about to say you want you, the venti. You gotta. You really got a barter there. Venti. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, like yeah. Wasn't it like they're supposed to pay you in nickels because nickels are wh- worth something? Yeah, you get a discount if you buy if you spend nickels because nickels are worth more in their metal than they are in their currency. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button? Subscribe to this YouTube channel. Share the show with your friends because that's what really helps. Take the URL and post it everywhere. Um, we're bigger than CNN already. That was the news. They they struggle to get as many viewers as we, as we get, and it's kind of a, a crazy thought. So that's kind of funny. Too bad. Sorry, CNN. They get more, their, their YouTube clips get hundreds of millions, but like as a primetime show live, we, we're actually uh, beating them in the key demo. And mm-hmm. I think we're nearly beating them in all demographics too. Like we have more key, we have we have more key demo viewers, almost almost more key demo viewers than their total viewership. Their key demo is ninety three thousand. Jeez. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and MSNBC's crazy. is sixty nine thousand. So anyway, thank you all for supporting our show for sharing. And uh, it, it's, it's so crazy to go out and have people be like, yo, Tim, big fan, because it's remarkable uh, to, just to see how, how far the show has gone, thanks, uh, how, how far it's come, thanks to all of you who support it, share it, watch it. So become a member at TimCast.com. Go to TimCast.com, go to TimCast.com click join us, and then we're going to put up on the front page, you'll see it, uncensored members only show, that'll be up at 11 p.m. You can follow me at TimCast. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. And you can follow at TimCast News for our field reports. Malcolm, you want to shout anything out? Yeah, man. All right. I came here on a mission, guys. I cannot downplay the enormity of this. Our foe, you got the word of Big Farmer, right? Well, big. we are taking on Big Meat. And currently, Big Meat is massive. We can't grasp the girth of our opponents. But I am sponsored by Alpha Jerky. We're not talking about Jack Links. We're not talking about Slim Jim. We're talking about Alpha Jerky. This is real brisket. There we go. Sorry. Is that I real brisket? It. Yeah, this is real brisket jerky, we've, guys. We've had some of that. Yeah, it's oh good. When, uh, yeah. Super good. Yeah. Uh, Salt and pepper. Don't taste me, bro. Brought it over. Oh, man. Yeah. And it, it's legit. There's like what? no preservatives. The ingredients are beef, yes. salt, pepper. Mm-hmm. Real and good. honestly, like I eat this, the macros are amazing. I'm full. This bag is almost gone. Like I've literally we ate the whole bag. Off. Like when it was here, like yeah, yeah it's, so it's some of the best. Yeah, mm-hmm. joke. Use Andrew promo code. Use promo code Flex and you can get twenty percent off your order. So that's right, guys. Ooh. I got a promo code. I came meaning business. So again, this is real beef, not that fake uninspired beef, not that astroturf beef. American real beef. beef, America. 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 Is there anything else you want to shout? You got a Twitter account or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, that almost forgot. It. We're so focused on the, the jerky. I, uh, look, Big Meat. We have got to wrestle Big Meat back into its place. Mm. But anyways, okay, follow me, guys, at Malcolm underscore Flex 48. On Twitter, you can also go to www.flexyoursuccess.com. Once again, that is www.flexyoursuccess.com. So, Man, what was that promo code again? Flex. F-L-E-X? F-L-E-X. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, like the flex, guys. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> this is for me and Alpha Jerky right here. Animal. This, this is the American-made muscle. So, <laughs> go ahead, guys. Right on, man. 
Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for TimCast.com. You should go to TimCast.com. Click on the Read tab. You can see stuff from me, from Shane Cashman, from Chris Carr, from Chris Burtman. Apparently all the Chris's. Uh, and you can follow me on Instagram at HannahClaire.B. You can follow me on Twitter at HC uh, Brimlow, and you definitely should follow Timcast News at Timcast News on Twitter. It's the best. You can get all your news there from us to you. Thanks so much. And you follow me at IanCrossland.net if you'd like to. I'm going to go do some air squats after the after show. I highly recommend if you guys have not nice. done those before. Nice. Epic core exercise. Rad, get the blood dude. flow after five squats. You are into it. You, you know. About it. So uh, treat yourself right. Do a little bit of exercise. Get yeah. you later. Yeah, that's good, man. And uh, I am at surge.com, uh, unvaxxed and uh, unlocked on Twitter, guys. Uh, you guys should stay unlocked. Don't lock yourself. It's just ridiculous. Make it an echo chamber. It's not, it's not worth it, guys. All right, everybody. We, were, we will see you all over at timcast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Cheers.